You're listening to Metrotham Uncensored with host Justin Hodgkins. Listen to him ask heart-hitting questions while nerding out with his weekly guest. Metrotham Uncensored starts now. Hey guys, welcome to the second recording of Metrotham Uncensored. Here is your host Justin Hodgkins. I have a very special guest with me today. Someone else who works highly in the con scene and someone who has, in some sorts, taken me under her wing in a lot of ways to kind of, like, teach me about the con line and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Glad to have you here, Kat. Thank you. What do you do for Matrotham? Um, I am the programming director and the volunteer coordinator, which means that all the cool events which Mark, of course, helps with everything. Mark is amazing to have in charge of us. Um, but I make sure that all the events are planned and all our volunteers are where they need to be and everybody's pulling their weight um, and fussing at leadership where they need to be fussed at. Yeah, and uh, it's from my understanding that Mark found you? Kind of. I got a phone call um, when everything first started and it was him and one other person and I they literally said call this guy trust me you want to be a part of it I met him I talked to him because I had quit all but one of the Chattanooga cons I had actually retired from conventions Mm -hmm. except for like three um and I said okay and I didn't think much of it because I've heard the spills before, gone through it all We're different from others, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I helped one other local con get started and, you know, it it wasn't what I hoped it would be. Um, There wasn't, I feel like, enough transparency and things like that involved. And I feel like you have to be transparent with something like this if you wanted to succeed. So I met up with Mark and one other person and I was like, you tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. And I will work as hard as you do. I won't work harder than you. It's but your I'll kind. Work just as hard as you. You do your thing. And then he kept in contact with me, and he said he had coworkers he was bringing in. And so then I got to meet like Dustin and Brian, and slowly we had a couple meetings. Um, and I know a lot of people in the con in this area so you know I, I i give my honest opinion and i tell him what i my experiences are and then you take it and do what it with you will if you know i'll give you all the advice you want but if you don't follow it that's your your thing i'm not going to be like well i told you you know i'm just i'm like well you know now you have the experience now you know what works and what doesn't work um and that's the same with people, you know, now you know who you can trust and who you can't trust. And, and now you know, you know, and you have to learn that. It's nice to have somebody there to be like, well, this is what happened when we did it years ago, you know, but things change too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So I was one of the first ones involved, Um. but I kind of was very laid back. And then the more I saw Mark get excited about it and stay pumped about it and the more he loved it. The harder I worked for it so first year he was like well do kids for me because nobody ever wants to do kids so I did all the kids stuff and I helped out with it you know other stuff in between and we had an incident and I took over in our panel room 
Uh, nobody knew an incident happened because we were such a great con. We had such a great staff that nobody knew anything happened. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever hearing about an incident. What See? happened? And one of our guests was rude to one of our staff. Um, she got very upset about it. And so I took her place and um, calmed her down, talked to him a little bit, and then I took over for her and ran the panel rooms. Um, and But that's just it. Nobody knew what happened because huh. we handled it. That's so strange. Yeah. And I didn't hear anything about that. I heard about a couple of like whispers of things that could go wrong, but I was always just like, because like you know, we, we talked about this. We've t- talked about this a lot. Matrotham working it was my first convention, right? So I really came in not knowing what to expect. Oh, but you've had me from day one because you're great. <laughs> I mean, I just literally showed up, and I you know. Like, I said on, like, our first recordings and stuff like that, I've said in the past that, like, I am, like, I can, like, I identify myself as an atheist, and I identify myself with mostly the the left leaning of politics, but I came from a conservative Baptist family. And, and I get that. One of the things that was, like, really streamed into me is, like, when you do something, you do it. You don't half-ass, yeah. you know? And, like, that's pretty much, like, all I did at the convention. And, like, I'm such a downer on myself that, like, I didn't even, like, think that I did that well that week. I was like, oh, everybody's just really no. nice. Yeah. You did really good. Like I said, there's at one point where I needed help because we had a pavilion that was flying away. And I literally just needed bodies. Yeah. And everybody was busy. And you were the one that actually came out there and and helped. And that right there was like, oh, yep, he's a keeper. <laughs> and in fact, I told Mark later that day, I was like, keep him. I don't care keep him <laughs> find a way make him stay um because you did you like just came like you came running out there and helped and you know that's the thing when mark talks about like we're a family it really is yeah. i mean we really are it's this will get the old people when you think back to dragon con in the 80s like because it was the late 80s early 90s up until we had to move out of the hilton we were family. We hung out together. We did everything together. You know, we spent time around the year together. Um, the first year I missed the con, like I told you earlier, people from Dragon Con called every hospital in Chattanooga and like, we know you're in the hospital because you're not here. Yeah. And it was true. I was literally in the hospital. Because you got hit by an 18-wheeler. Yeah. So, Jesus. But that's that's... That's what we are. We're I don't a family. know there's a survival rate for people getting hit by 18-wheelers. Like, was... Are you talking like you were in a car? I was in a car. Okay, okay. I was, in a I was car. just imagining like you walking down the street. No, and... no. I, I had I like... pulled up to see past a car parked in the street, and he was speeding. Yeah. He was doing 85 and a 30. Okay. And when he saw me inch forward, he slammed his brakes on and jackknifed. And his back tire hit my fender and put me in a yard three houses down instead of this way this way so he turned my car and put me three houses down and my dashboard was on my legs and we had to pull me out and it ruined the muscles in my legs oh jesus so So, yeah yeah, like you said like you had to go through like seven years of steroid treatment yeah wheelchair for like i was only in the wheelchair for about a year yeah. and I was in the big clunky braces on my legs um, and then I went to smaller and smaller braces and uh, 
yeah, I went from really like athletic and things like that to steroid weight. So, yeah. but you know, I'm walking and I'm yeah. breathing, and who cares? Yeah. So yeah. And plus, so you just really, oh, yeah. Sorry <laughs> about the earthquake, Eric, ladies and gentlemen, for the people who will watch the live version of this later. And I'll, I'll you'll see me grab him. <laughs> just like stop, stop. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like uh, I think like the first time, cause uh, you know how I am. Like it takes me like months to learn people's names mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm a very forgetful person. And stuff like that. So is my husband. So yeah, I've gotten this. I've not gotten this. I've gotten myself in a lot of trouble because, like, literally, I go. I'll go to other conventions, and like, there'll be people like cosplayers that like came to like our first year. I'm like, hey, I'm Justin. I'm with Metrophicon. He's like, dude, we party. Like, what are you talking oh, yeah. about? And it's just like, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, your makeup's different colors this time. And people in the con circuit, once you get to them, they don't take offense because you see them once a year, twice a year, something like that. So, yeah, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Technically, I retired from cons. I retired from cosplay. Um, and then Mark Jack did back in. Nice. So, so like, uh, pretty much, like, when, because, like, you have, like, a very negative, you had a very negative view on the con scene in Chattanooga. Um, if, if I'm thinking correctly. Yes right? and no. I mean, there are some amazing cons in Chattanooga. Um, and I've helped all of them. Um, I Chattacon is my birthday con. My it's your birthday, birthday con, con too. Because we share the same birthday. Um, no, yours is... Uh, the 26th. Mine's 25th. Oh. So, sorry. yeah. Same weekend. Same weekend, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you know, that's my birthday con. They're a literary con. They've been around forever they um are the oldest literary convention in the southeast um and chattacon is where a lot of other cons got started um liberty con is a beast in and of itself they have a cat 750 people that's it um and once like the guest of honors for that they like to come back every year and they do you know they i mean we're talking about famous writers come to this on their own dime Wow. You know, um, Steve Jackson considers it his home con, and he lives in Austin, Texas. Well, like, yeah, the people that like I talk to like about Chattanooga itself, like people are just like, dude, dude, I would love to like work like a weekend in Chattanooga and do this, but you know, not with our con, but with other cons. Like literally, I literally showed up as a guest one weekend. They didn't pay me and stuff like that. There, there's a con that I, I worked with, um, yeah. but there's I hear a lot of complaints about that. Um, you know, that's, I don't have anything to do with them, so I really can't talk about it, you know, but I have heard that, you know, I tell people, get a contract. We don't have to do that. Like, the people that know, that try to see, know what con to go to, which con to go to, which con not to go to, you know, like that. I, I. Because it's no secret. Yeah. to to the con world when you say say Chattanooga, because I have to tell people I'm with, like, Matrotham, instead of being, like, with, like, this other con yeah so that they'll even talk to me i mean yeah. and there there's more than just three or four cons there's several cons but i quit doing all conventions pretty much like i was only going to do like liberty chattacon and then i was doing abc uh anime blast chattanooga um That's the thing. they're kind of defunct right now um when they lost the venue when the choo-choo closed um nobody had a choice they didn't have anywhere to go 
um, no hotel wanted a convention. And we all felt that, you know, every con felt that. Um, the last convention they had there, I believe, was Chattacon. Um, you know, so they're a little defunct right now. Um, I mean, but they've gotten a little bit better. We, we had Chattacon at... Last year was the Double Tree. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was amazing. Because uh, as soon as, like, uh, you found out that, like, my birthday was the 25th, like, a month prior to that, you were like, hey, uh, you're working this you're working this con and we're both going to celebrate our birthdays yeah. and stuff and everything like that. And I was like, that sounds really fun actually. And by the end of the night, I remember like I freaked out one girl cause I was so faded. Like I was so drunk and so other things that like, I was just like sitting there and she doesn't know that I'm just like staring right through her. I'm not staring at her. Right. But I'm just like, and she was like literally talking to you and she was just like, dude, what the, she was, like, what the fuck is this kid's problem? <laughs> I I have since learned to adjust how strong I make my drinks for the Matrotham crew um, because I have realized that my tolerance for all the years that I've been drinking at cons is much, much higher. Well, I'm also not afraid to admit it. I am a lightweight, and it's very surprising to people. 6'3", so, 215 pounds. Yeah. Well, but I was like literally 110 pounds. And I was out drinking 400-pound dude at Dragon Con. Yeah. And there was a room full of people to verify it, you know? He literally left at an ambulance with alcohol poisoning. <laughs> and, you know, it was Dragon Con, so... Well, you got something to prove. But, you know, it. I just... Yeah, I... That's how I started going to cons was because... Yeah, you were there like... Were parties. You told me, like, you were, like, 14 mm -hmm. when you started going to cons. And it was the 80s. Nobody cared that you were underage and drinking. Yeah. It wasn't a thing. Who cared? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I started when I was, like, 14-ish. It's not a gram of coke. Get out of here, you crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Dragon Con was not my first con, but I was at the first one. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's how, that was my first job. Wow. So the person in charge of Dragon Con was like, you're outgoing here. And he handed me a roll of electrical tape. And he said, make sure all the girls have their nipples covered. Did not realize that I was a minor. And so my job was to run around and go, rip, rip. You have to at least cover your nipples. And I handed them so they could X out their nipples. That was my very first the con dirty, job. dirty, dirty nipple. Because it was the law. Because, you yeah. know, in Atlanta... You know, so yeah, that was anytime I saw a girl with her nipples exposed, rip, rip, here you go. Here you go, cover that shit up. And it progressed from there. Nobody and, wants to see that, wink, wink. <laughs> you know, but yeah, now I've done almost everything. There's a few things I haven't done, I don't want to do them. I don't want to be the guest liaison. I don't want to be the hotel liaison. I don't want to do those things. You can't make me, never going to happen. I don't know what most of these words mean. That's the hilarious The thing. person that books the guests and makes sure their travel is arranged and all their oh, little... Oh, so that's Mark. It's Mark for us. <laughs> yeah. Our hotel liaison, the person that makes sure our venue is all set up and all the contracts are which is Mark for us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing those things. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> we, stressful. We had those discussions a long time ago and he was cool with that. So, but I mean, like, the more involved I am with this con is because I'm as involved as Mark wants me to be and i will work as hard as he's working and he's already shown he'll work his ass off he'll do everything possible to make sure we have the best con and it's not the normal con it's not 
going and sitting and listening to the same panels every year, just sitting there listening to people talk. I'm making sure our panels are interactive. I mean, last year, like, our con was, like, really cool because, you know, we had the X-Men people there. And they hadn't seen each other in, like, almost over 20 years, right? Like, since they... Well, some of them haven't. Th- two weeks before that, they had done another con. Oh, but they were just telling But everybody. it's because... Um, <laughs> They, the Texas con found out we were doing it and they called them to see if we they could get them for like the next year. They're like, well, we're going to be down there anyways. Why don't we just do yours first? Yeah. So it's not like they were really trying to steal them. No, no, of but course. Yeah. But no, that was like just really cool. Like, cause, uh, my first job with the con was actually like, I was the handler for Mark Edens and Larry Houston. Yeah. Oh my God. Larry Houston and Mark, Mark Edens both. They were both just like really cool, really down to earth. Oh yeah. And most, full of most wisdom. stars are. Yeah. Full of wisdom, full of like really funny stories. The only negative, like, so I won't say who it is. Mostly, mostly just because pe- people probably haven't heard about them yet. But um, only negative um, celebrity uh, thing I've ever had, like just interacting with them, was at a a con in Alabama, and that dude was just like you've seen Jay and Silent Bob, right? It was like Jay came to life and was just five times more egotistical than Jay in the movie. Wow. Because Jay in real life is actually pretty cool. Yeah, he's actually a really cool dude. Yeah. But I'm talking about like just his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got you. Yeah, so like in the movies and everything like that, which uh, if you didn't know, there's a huge Kevin Smith fan right here. But, um... Duh. I mean, he's not. Let's face it, he's not. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, sadly, mm-hmm. like they're stupid people. Yeah, like Sorry, I hate it's a fact. You're yeah, stupid. I hate people that like are really into movies and try to tell me that Clerks isn't a good movie. I'm like, Clerks is a fantastic movie. It's actually really well written. You're gonna tell me Chasing Amy isn't a good movie? You're gonna tell me Dogma isn't a good movie? You're gonna tell me James that Silent Bob Straight Back isn't a good movie? You know, the funny thing is Zach got to meet Amy from Chasing Amy because you know yeah. she was playing her own role. Yeah. Um. And he actually went and talked to her because they were at. He went to a con for his bachelor party. So really, that's a really cool bachelor party. But um, nobody was going to her table. Nobody was doing anything. And she went outside, and he happened to be outside because at the time he was still smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And um, they talked forever, and he was just like, "It's so cool." And he was a little shocked that nobody was coming to her table. Nobody was doing anything, and the con wasn't doing anything to help that. Yeah, but uh, at one point, like, at first, this guy was just, like, being, like, way too over-the-top about everything. He was, like, over-dramatizing all the stories, talking about, like, how much, how many drugs he had in his room and stuff, and he'd be like, yeah, just got done taking, like, ten pounds of shrooms. And it's just like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, like, uh, because at one point we just, like, felt bad. Because, like, this dude got super smashed with us. Like, he was actually, like, hanging out with us. We hung out with this dude for a large majority of my night. I'm mad. I had other people to hang out with mm-hmm. that I could be doing better things with. But instead, I'm watching this dude be an asshole and photobombing people's proms pictures and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um... So at one point, like, we leave the con to go to a bar that's across the street because he wants to play pool. And he's, like, buying everybody drinks. And, like, we do that. We have the drinks. We're walking back. And we're walking in front of a Kmart. 
like walking back to the con, this man literally drops his pants and just like starts scooting, like pissing, like in front of the entrance of the Kmart. And he like looked around at us and was just like, ha ha ha. And we we're like, <laughs> like what? No. Like no. what? What are you doing, man? No. So, I mean, I've gotten to meet a lot of people, and there's always going to be those jerks. But, uh, yeah, but... Um, That's ridiculous. I, I, I wasn't... It's not that I wasn't a fan of the guy. I just didn't know who he was. I, I And then I found out later. It's like, oh, yeah, I totally remember that guy being one of the extras in this and stuff like that. Yeah. And... I'm just like, dude, I've met extras before, and they're way more calm and down-to-earth than you are, bro. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, let's see if he's up there. I can't think of the dude's name. So, we're looking around, because Mark has a lot of pictures of our past guests and things like that up on the walls. Who um, is uh, the guy that lost his rocket backpack? Oh, Anderson. yeah. John Anderson. Where is he at? Ooh, he's not up there. All right. But yeah, John Anderson was really cool. And also huge. I didn't know John was that big in real life. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm six foot three, and this dude towered over me. Like, he was looking down at me. Like, could have rested his elbow on my head. But it makes yeah. his hugs better. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I was just like, I feel so safe right now. Yeah. This is weird. So, yeah. I will say, though, my favorite to hang out with last year was Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers? Yes. He was so fun, so accommodating, Willing to do anything. He was my favorite. Um, I didn't get to hang out with him long. Because um, I got to I got to meet... I didn't even get to meet everybody. Because I was so busy. Um, but, like, I got to tell three of them how Pokemon was, like, my love-hate thing. Yeah. Because I was an adult when Pokemon came yeah, out. Yeah, tell the story, please. I like the story about okay. your love-hate relationship with Pokemon. Yeah, it was the bane of my existence. Because my child was very young... Pokemon came out, so he was very, very into it then. You know, I'm old. But I'm an adult, and Pokemon is not my thing, okay? Yeah. To me, I the comment I made was, it's a weird bug-catching game. Come to find out, that's what it was based on. But I was just like, I knew all 150 Pokemon, not by choice, okay? I knew them all. Because Nick watched it all the time. Yeah, and there was like a like there was like a really sweet story told yeah, by Rachel Willis. So, yeah, so yeah, I made her cry. So I'm dyslexic, severely dyslexic. My son is too. Yeah, and there are a couple things that got him to start reading, and Pokemon was one of the first. He would read a Pokédex, and he would read those cards, and he struggled with it until he could do it. But it literally helped change my son's life. Pokemon helped change his life flat out. And those people, because of that, made a big difference in my life. Oh. You know, so Pokemon, um, Final Fantasy, and Dungeons and Dragons helped my son be able to read. Yeah, I bet that made Rachel cry because Rachel oh, was yeah. such a sweet person. She really so was. So sweet. Even Bill thought, well, he was like, that's, you know, amazing. You know, yeah. nobody's ever told him this, but it's true because, you know, he wanted to read. Because he wanted to be able to do the Pokédex and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? But did I, at, you know, 1920, want to know all the Pokémon? Honestly, no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. You know? I introduced him to Sailor Moon. I introduced him to, you know, Ninja Turtles. All Sailor that Moon stuff. Sailor Moon was my first anime. And, you know, I mean, I introduced him to all that. 
but Pokemon was almost as bad as Barney. I mean, yeah, I mean, but Pokemon was just, like, I mean, it's still huge. But, yeah. But, like, especially, like, when it came out, because, like, you didn't just have the show. You had you had the Game Boy Color games. You had mm-hmm. the card game. Like, like, I was 12 when, like, the show came over. But I had been playing Pokemon since I was, like, 10 because of the Game Boy Color. I got my copy of Fire Red. Funny story, my first Pokemon involved in the middle of church one time. That was that that's that to me is like one of my favorite childhood memories now because yeah. that was like one of my first just like exposures of to me just like kind of to me like kind of like stepping away from it yeah kind of almost but I mean the you know they really did do do something special for me you know like I had my own thing which is one reason Dragon Honda was big for me for so long is because it's named after the Dragon Riders of Pern which was written by Anne McCaffrey and I learned to read because of her books. Um, and I got to meet her a couple times, never talk with her. I now can say that I'm kind of friends with her son, you know, uh, his writing partners have the same form of dyslexia I have, you know, things like that. But Pokemon really did something special in our lives. Yeah. I mean, all right. Uh, I kind of want to ask just because like, I don't like mm-hmm. looking up like definitions for like mm-hmm. mental illness and stuff. Cause I find like, even like when I look at mine mm-hmm. i find them to be like way too complicated like, complicated yeah. of like for, from a person that suffers with dyslexia mm-hmm. for those out there that might not know what is dyslexia so dyslexia is seeing things incorrectly okay and there's multiple forms so some people only have it with numbers some people only have it with letters some people have it with both i actually have a form where i can watch letters move and when I was real little, I'd say that they were dancing. That was the only way I could describe it. Uh, I didn't get diagnosed until I was in seventh grade, and then they wouldn't put it on my school record. Because in the 80s, just so you know, if you had anything wrong with that, it puts you in the remedial classes. Mm-hmm. Now I was in all the gifted classes. Um, but I, had, I struggled with reading, and my, one of my seventh grade teachers picked it up. Uh, when I moved here in high school, the special ed teacher handed me a worksheet because it was busy work because our teacher had to go home and I thought it was just copying words over you know busy work but it was actually they were out of order and I didn't read it that way I read them like they were normal and then she was like how did you do that and I was like I just copied so yeah but yeah I can especially when I'm tired um I was playing a video game one night and like half the screen disappeared like it was just black patches um so yeah my dyslexia is very active yeah and like if you feel comfortable like is your son's the same as you or is it different it's different his isn't as i don't want to say it's not as severe but like like he'll get things out of order sometimes letters like b's and p's and d's they're the same letter yeah you know switched around yeah so you know um sometimes you'll see me when i'm writing or typing i'm I'm doing this and it's because i'm going letter by letter to yeah. make sure it's right um it makes your spelling atrocious you just have to double check yourself um you know and and you know his isn't i want to say his was easier to deal with because stuff wasn't moving on him yeah. you know and also like yeah we we as far as mental health goes as 
as for someone who like grew up around it because like even before i knew about my mental illness like i grew up with a father who who's type one bipolar okay so yeah like i was constantly around it i think that's like what why i'm able to deal with my mental illness the way that i do i was able to do it a long time without medication but i'm actually going back on yeah for a short period of time but i mean you've got to use what helps you it's like Mm -hmm. we talked about you know i have a coping mechanism which is a stuffed monkey that i carry around with me a lot of times yeah um and that's my i can handle things with him so i don't have to take all the drugs yeah you know do what works for you Mm -hmm. and even if you have to use medication if it's something that can be corrected do it yeah you know do it because that's what it's there for yeah like but i was like honestly like like especially in my adult life i've been like really scared of it because uh i like to joke around and tell people that i was pretty much a lab rat when i was growing up and everything like that like i was put on all the different because because of my dad they thought you know that i was going to turn out just as severe if not more severe than him so like whenever like especially if my teenage years when you're going through mood changes oh yeah oh yeah your chemicals go insane in your body and like when i tell people like i don't want to see kids medicated it comes from like a place of of knowing of what that does oh yeah no yeah i I mean i do not think children should be on adderall on ritalin or anything like that i mean nick was really bad add Mm -hmm. he controlled it with coffee yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, that's what we did, but it worked for him. Well, like, my mom, like, I don't blame my parents for, like, yeah. what happened with my medication, because they were literally listening to someone that was a the medical med- professional. Yeah. Like, this is what's best for your son, and stuff like that. But, like, I was on Adderall, like, when I, like, through, I was on Adderall from, like, seventh grade all the way through my freshman year of college. And the reason why I had to stop is because my body had built up such an immunity toward Adderall that for it to work, I was literally taking three 75 milligram extended time releases a day. Yeah, so you were pretty much maxed out. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the reason why I stopped is because um, my kidneys were going into the process of shutting down because I just couldn't drink. I couldn't, like, I was drinking two gallons of water a day. I still wasn't drinking enough water. Yeah. Like. Yeah and um also i started having like um episodes of missed time like um i would block like i would not be on anything else like one time i was literally in my uh college center and i i was studying for a biology final that was coming up so like i literally opened my computer and i looked i can't remember the exact time but like i looked down and it's this time and i look back up and i start typing something out and i blink and when I open my eyes back up, it's night. I'm in the back of my car. And, oh, yeah. and it's, it's like four or five hours later. I didn't have any money on me that day, but I woke up and there was like a Coke and a pizza in my front seat. And I have no recollection of like what happened between that time. Yeah. One time I literally did it when I was at home and I was like, I was watching Pawn Stars back in the day. And blinked and i had five hours of time missing and i was just like this is not normal i was like whatever this is like i'm not doing anything i'm not getting myself in trouble but this is a problem and everything so my psychiatrist was trying to put me on another medication to like counteract the additions but then i started doing my own 
research, started talking to school psychiatrists and stuff like that. Yeah. And they were all like, no, you need to stop for a while. Like, yeah, your mind's going to be all over the place, but it's better than, like, killing your kidneys and killing, like, just your sanity. Yeah. It's, it's, all it's Adderall, a scary medication. Yeah, all Adderall is, is like, it's like the purest form of meth that's ever been made. It's a meth, it's an amphetamine. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. I mean, you know, it's, it's like I said, we use caffeine, which is an amphetamine, on yeah. my son when he was young, um, my oldest, because... It worked, but I also didn't let him have, I was a weird mom. I was a teen mom, but I was really weird. Like my son got in an argument with his friends years ago when McDonald's started giving apples and Happy Meals because he was like, they've always had Happy Meals. What'd you do to my skull? Um, I did nothing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's like, they've always had apples. And, and Mark, I, you got some flyers, man? <laughs> I, I was like, no, sweetie, I just used to take them. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll just super glue it. But I was like, no, I used to take milk and apples when you were going to McDonald's and give you that with your Happy Meal. Because I didn't want to meet in the junk. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. For those of you who are just listening, I just poured uh what is it, all over myself? This is green soylent. It's a rum-based drink. It's um, delicious. So, yeah. Good um, for cologne, too. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just going to give that. Took the cork and (laughs) I don't know what he did. (laughs) But we'll we'll fix that later. This one's Purple Haze. No, officer, I haven't had a drink tonight. Oh. (laughs) Hey, at least it's not strong smelling. Right. This stuff is delicious. You you. made this stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lots of years and cons. Yeah, so uh, sorry before I made a complete ass of myself. You're fine. What were we talking about? Um, We were talking about... Like, I was the weird mom. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of giving him a lot of medication, we did coffee. He didn't have sodas on a normal day. So, you know, give him a little bit of caffeine, and he would calm down, you know? That's so crazy for people with, like, ADD and ADHD, how, like, yeah. stimulants and stuff, like, actually slow us down. Like, uh... Huh? Move your cat. Oh. <laughs> Still learning the ropes, guys, if it's you haven't okay. figured it out. But, um... Yeah, like, I was the opposite, because, like... My psychiatrists and doctors told them, like, you know, my parents, that I wasn't, like, a typical child when I came to that. Like, sugar and caffeine didn't wire me, so I could pretty much have as much as I wanted. Well, see, that's just it. Because they gave you as much as you want, it stopped doing the opposite. Yeah. So, like, because I didn't let him have soda, I could give him a hot chocolate, or, like, what I used to do is give him a hot chocolate with a little shot of coffee in it. Like, not really a mocha, but close. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the kid could go to sleep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But um, yeah, like um, I'm not so much as far as like adults, because here's the thing with like kids and everything. Like when you try to medicate them and everything, like a brain isn't fully developed until it's 25. Mm-hmm. And kind of to me, like I I wouldn't necessarily call myself an addict, but because of my childhood and the drugs that I was on, like I don't necessarily like when I'm sober i don't feel normal and i am sober a lot of the times yeah. but because of my childhood i feel like just because you took it like prescribed doesn't mean you weren't addicted yeah i was very addicted because like um i was very like rambunctious and i got i wasn't as calm 
back then as I am now about like, you know, I can see letting, that. Yeah. letting people tell me like what's best for me and everything, people that know and everything. There's a difference between believing everybody and just accepting yeah. people and they're trying to help you. Right. So like pretty much like I went through a bad breakup at the, at, a, at the same time that all this was mm -hmm. happening and everything like that. So pretty much I said like if I quit this, I'm going to quit cold turkey. And I did that, and after, I don't know if you know this, but after 11 years of pretty much every day taking Adderall and then just... I was a pharmacy tech. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not good. I went through... Uh, I went Big through withdrawal. Withdrawals. I would wake up in the night covered in itchy whelps, uh, sleep paralysis, and that's actually like why I started smoking weed and everything like as much and everything like that because it, yeah. it gave my body something else to just kind of relax on and everything like that and people was like well that's just an addiction and i'm like yeah but the only the only difference between my addiction and your addiction is that your addiction is prescribed i've been there there's no judgment but your addiction is legal mine isn't yeah i mean i there's proven fact there's a lot of medical uses for it yeah um, I actually was part of a study years ago, um, because I'm allergic to sedatives. Really? Yeah. So they did a, a study with a bunch of us that were allergic to sedatives to see how it worked as a sedative for us. I go to sleep. I mean, I used to get a pill bottle with joints pre-rolled and you had to keep a journal every day and they changed, you know, our strain or whatever every so often. And, uh, and you had to carry this identification with you and stuff. Um, and it lasted for almost a year. And, I mean, yeah, I, I went to sleep. I, that's the best sleep I've had in my entire life, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it has, you know, my husband has seizures, you know. And they've already proven it's one of the best things out there for seizures. Like, literally, like, in children, like, the CBD oil stops it right then and there. Yeah. Like from most of the stuff that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, it's, one of my friends who's studying to be a nurse is trying to tell me, tell me like the medical sciences and stuff that, that are coming out for it aren't showing that. And I'm like, here's the thing. So Dr. Yeah. Gupa, who worked for CNN for years, was totally against it. So he went and met the little girl in Colorado that the law is named after. He went, met her, did the research, got on CNN and said, I was wrong. Now, he was the one that preached against it the loudest, and he said, I was wrong. I mean, it's just... It works. It's crazy because, you know, we're supposed to be the land of the free and everything like that. And it, it, it's not just like that. Like, you know, because I agree that some drugs should be illegal, especially, mm -hmm. like, the imperfect form of those drugs. Because you can... Because any, any drug that you're trying to get, get off the street, I think there should be, like, a legal way to get it. That yeah. way... Some so, of them I disagree with, but yeah. Yeah. Disagree in the fact that I wouldn't do it, but here's coming from an American citizen, like why I think that they should do that. Yeah, it would get the unclean stuff off the street. People would know what they're getting. Like you know, mm -hmm. like right now, especially like if you smoke weed and everything like I do on occasion, wink, wink. But um, you don't know what you're getting. You don't know if it's you don't know if it's sativa. You don't know if it's an indigo. You don't know if yeah. it's been cut. You don't know if like some dude is just like trying to make his stuff better and is lacing it with something. Yeah, like that's why I go through people I trust always. Yeah, I mean no bullshit. Yeah, there's there's just 
I don't know. It's it's weird because you've got like okay, cocaine. Yeah, cocaine is a Schedule One drug, completely illegal unless you're a dentist. Cocaine has been used in the dentist industry for so long that there are still dentists out there that use it legally. Yeah. Can you give me the name of these dentists? There's none in that. <laughs> but because it, it does automatically numb your mouth as soon as it touches it. And so there are, and they're dwindling, but the old school dentists, they still use it. You know, um, you have to get a special license and all that stuff. But do they have a purpose? That's yeah. the big thing. Do they have a purpose? Mm -hmm. But that just goes like showing, you know, look at the U.S. compared to every other country when it comes to fast food. Yeah. You know, for them to legally operate in those countries, their food has to meet standards that they don't have to meet here. Yeah. They they fed us pink slime. You know? So, yeah. But, you know, we went real dark and real deep. Yeah. We need to go back lighter. Okay, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because that, that, we, we went real deep there for a minute. But yeah, I mean, but you just like see it everywhere in yeah. con, and like it's never been like I've never felt felt sketched out around a group of stoners. Like everything I've seen in Hollywood in the movies has been pretty much bullshit in my experience. When it comes to the drugs that I'm involved with, I'm not right involved in the harder stuff. But but yeah, like I really like it. I really like. What are some things that like you really nerd out about? Like, where are some things that, like, you're really, like, a fan of? Like, when you hear news about something, it just, like, makes your day. So, I get real attached to certain people. Okay. Um, like, so I used to throw raves way back in the day, in the 90s. Um, and I had a DJ that I hired several occasions, Greg Ayers. Well, he's a well-known voice actor. Yeah. Didn't even know it until one of my favorite animes is Sayuki. And I'm okay. sitting there going, why do I know that voice? It's Greg. <laughs> Greg says he plays all the 12-year-old boys. Because he's got that gravel to his voice. Yeah. And he's great. I love him. He is a, he's a friend. He's a good DJ. He works hard. He deserves all the best for everything. So, like, but I followed everything he's done, you know? Not just because he's my friend. Um, you know, that's, like... I started watching Critical Role, not because they play D&D, but it's because of all these voice actors I love that have done all these amazing things. And I'm trying to turn Mark into getting them all. But just so you know, uh, but they've done it. I mean, we're talking about Laura Bailey is Trunks. Yeah. You know, Gara. Laura Bailey is, is really cool amazing. person in every interview I've seen him in. Yeah. Um, you know, Liam O'Brien is Gara. Um, uh Roy Mustang, that's Laura's husband, Travis. Matt Mercer is in everything. Matt Mercer is hilarious. Yes. He is um, such a funny dude. Ashley, Ashley Johnson has been a child actor. She started in Growing Pains, of all things. You I got know? a story about Mustang when we get done with yes. this. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, just, they're in everything. Marisha's, okay, so I'm sorry if this sounds mean. Marisha's like Soldier B, though. She's, she's in everything, but she's like, not big roles yeah she's the only one that's not like had these groundbreaking roles like last of us last of us ashley i mean come on ashley in last of us was amazing laura is such a good actress 
when she did Last of Us Who Two. Did, which one did she voice? Abby. She voiced. Oh yeah. my, fuck Abby. So, uh, but Laura got but no. Death she did threats. such. She did such a good job voicing and playing that character. Yeah. Though. yeah. So, and I don't even play those video games. But you know, Laura did oh, such so a good job. You don't get why I just said fuck. Abby. Oh no, I do. I do. Okay, yeah. But you know, Laura ended up getting death threats over her character in Last of Us Two. Because That's so fucking stupid. But because she's that good of an actress. Yeah. You know, Sam. Okay, let's talk about Sam for a second. Sam is the unknown hero of Critical Role. Because one, he was one of the kids in Les Mis. He has won Emmys. He directs for several, uh, like, voice director, cast director for several kid shows, like Sophia the First. You know, things like that. I mean, and he's, I mean, he's done a lot, too. And he yeah. he never gets the recognition. Um, who's he? Who's Sam that? Regal. Yeah. Um, he is. I know I've heard the name. Yeah, he's. Oh my gosh, I have I have a packet of paper this thick with everything they've done because I'm doing my research, so I can be like, here's everything their resumes. I mean, you, know? you can't be expected to know everything. But at yeah, all times, but so, um, yeah. and it, it's slipping my mind. But they've done like um, Laura and Travis both. You know, he's Roy Mustang, she's Lust. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I wanted to tell you about. Okay, like, go ahead. It's like, you know, they're married and everything. And, like, say they're, like, uh, Roy said sometimes, like, when, like, they're having an argument or something like that. Like, oh, they yeah. have they have a surround sound system within their house. And so he'll just go to the TV and play the scene where Roy kills Lust and just, like, play it at full blast yeah. throughout the house. Yeah. She was really <laughs> mad about that. Really mad. <laughs> But it's like I was, I was just like, "You're a savage, Roy." Yes, I was just watching the um the episode in Critical Role where she shows up, um because she heard on Twitter that Sam was touching her dice because Sam had made a joke about it. So she left the video games awards that she was nominated for to get there. It only took her like forty five minutes to drive across L.A. <laughs> um, because somebody said Sam was touching her dice, so she stayed in the game. But she walks in and she's like done up to the nine, you know. And Travis's face was priceless because he's just you know he glowed when she walked in, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and then their little exchange was so cute because Travis stays in character. Yeah. You know, and and but you know the whole the whole group they're great and. They brought D and D to mainstream, which is wonderful. Yeah, because it's such a good tool for so many things. Like I said, it's one of the things that helped my kid learn to read. Yeah, for you real. It's, I just got into it for recent years because uh, I grew up in one of those families that everything's the devil, pretty much. Yeah, I can't remember their names, but do you know about these people that like they ran a daycare, and this like town did like a witch hunt on them because they like played D and D. And they got um, sent. They got sent to. Pri- they got sent to prison in the seventies. I believe Still it. in prison. I believe it. Because playing D and D. We when we were playing in Texas, we like the richer kids played. Yeah. Because you had to be able to afford the books. The figurines. Well, even without, you just had to be able to afford the books. You had to have a place big enough where everybody could come play, and then you had to feed everybody that that, that was there. You know. Yeah. So. The kids with money played. Yeah, you know? that's just how it was, um, and and you know, it's so weird. And I grew up in a Catholic area. Everybody's Catholic, you know. It's Texas. Everybody's Catholic. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. What? Because if you're Hispanic, you're most likely Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. 
Um, and but yeah, I've like, been to Texas once, and like it was like mostly like I thought it was like mostly like a Baptist scene. You went North Texas, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I was really young. This was like when Phantom Menace came out. So you probably went to Dallas, which okay. Houston no, I wasn't Dallas. in Dallas. I landed in Dallas. We were about two hours. You were say, in North Texas. Yeah. Houston and Dallas never get along until somebody from outside Texas says something about one of them. Mm-hmm. Then we're like, don't talk about them. Don't don't even go there because it's like bred into us. Like we have so this pride. You, so you're like from Texas, right? I'm from Texas. I grew up in Texas. How did you feel about like the whole Tiger King documentary and stuff like that? I'll be honest. I've never seen it. I've not seen a single episode. I refuse to read all about it. And, but it's for a different reason. Like I've been to a lot of these tiger farms. I um, was in a program where we were domesticating bobcat hybrids to get them out of the wild. Um, I, I'm very much into nature and animals. Me too. And yeah. that goes along with, you know, my religious beliefs and things like that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it. Yeah. And like, and like uh, I'm totally down to talk about those things. Yeah, I like, mean, I don't care to. As as a as an as an atheist, like I I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room, which is where like a lot I of the, where, which is where <laughs> like a lot like yeah, most of the time, other atheists piss me off more than religious people. Yeah, it's just like, dude, you don't have to act like you know you're the center of all knowledge just because you don't believe in something. Yeah, that doesn't make you smart. The thing is, my biggest problem is when you have somebody that's Christian, mm-hmm. somebody that is atheist or pagan or agnostic or whatever should not know more about your religion than you do. Yeah, and I've had Christians tell me that Jesus was not a Jew. That it's not a Hebrew God. That so yeah, these people know nothing about the exactly, and and I'm firmly into live what you believe, mm-hmm. and the majority of Christians don't do that. I am yeah. pagan. I'm actually a shaman. Just so y'all know, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I think nature is important, but if you read your Bible, it says that God gave everything we needed to us in nature, but yet you don't take care of the earth. Yeah, nothing. You know, you you let your, your people go hungry. It's weird that, like, especially oh. from that side, like, and not every Christian person does this. Right. But it's weird because, like, you know, they, they, they preach all these things, but as soon as it starts, like, going into politics and becoming laws and everything it's not christian anymore it's socialism mm-hmm. and that to me drives me absolutely fucking nuts and that's like one of the main reasons i stepped away from my religion i was just like i was like dude you guys are all so over the wall you say you're this thing but then you come over here and you do this thing mm-hmm. i was like what i was like i don't think any of you know what you believe yeah and that's why i'm gonna step away from it because all it's doing is confusing me Practice what you preach. Yeah. You've got to. If you don't, then you're a hypocrite and shut your mouth. Yeah. And, like, I I don't think you need a religion just to, like, live your life as a nice person. Be a good person. Yeah. yeah. If I, something's keeping you up at night, it's probably because you did something shitty that yeah. day. Yeah. And I have a firm belief that if what you're doing makes you happy mm-hmm. and doesn't hurt anyone else, including you, then I'm cool with it. Yeah. And you that's know? not, like, go to other religion, religious people... 
like I'm perfect. I'm not. I make my mistakes I don't all be. the time. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> be. Perfect is boring. Not just that, but it's a high thing to stay up there with. Yeah, for sure. You for know? Real. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's. I grew up in a Catholic family, obviously. Um, it didn't make sense to me. Um, my priest actually helped me a lot. Um, yeah. You know, and especially when you're little and traumatic things happen. It was a priest that, like, kind of led me to to the realization that I was an atheist. That, in a good way a, or a bad way? Good way. Good, yeah. yeah Very good way. Yeah, my mm-hmm. priest was like, I care more about you as a person than the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And I think what he did makes it so I can still respect the Christian religion. Yeah. You know, I and can respect people inside the Christian religion. The, as a whole, like, okay, humanity sucks. Yeah. But there are people that are good. Yeah. And and that's how I look at, at the Christian religion as a whole. Yeah. Every religion has its biggest. It's not just it's not just religion yeah. either. Every, every religion group. Yeah. Every religion. Every religion has done bad things. Every religion has their people that go way out there. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. But you know what? If you're happy, then you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not hurting you, that's fine. Because your rights stop where mine start. That's the big thing people forget. Yeah. And, you know, like, sorry, anti-maskers. You're fucking stupid. You're stupid because it's your right not to wear a mask until it's my right to have you wear one. I have an autoimmune disease. I have yeah. psoriasis. And like, what people don't understand, it's like, you, you know, how how is this protecting me from the virus? Like, it's not protecting you. It's protecting other people from you. Yeah, you it's could, it's a two way street. It's yeah. per, it's protecting you, but it's protecting other people. Is it a perfect thing? No, no. We don't know the perfect thing. There is isn't just, a perfect thing. Yeah, this is unless just re- we all live in a bubble. Yeah, this is just reducing the, the numbers and everything. And what people don't understand is like, well, I'm gonna go out and you know not wear my mask because it doesn't cut down the chances of me getting it. That's not the problem, dude. The problem right. is. Is that you could have it and not even know you have it, and then spread it on to someone like you, mm-hmm. and like four weeks later you're dead because you're being an asshole and a four year old because you won't put on a fucking mask over your face. It's just a part of a dress code now. No shoots, no shoes, no sh- no, no shirt, shoe, no shoes, no, no pants, f- no mask, no fucking service, dude. Yeah, I mean it just it makes sense. You know, yeah. you're, you're doing it. You're doing it to protect yourself, but you're also doing it to protect the rest of the world. Yeah. And people are stupid. People, you know, the same people that are like, well, it's my right not to wear a mask are also the people that want to dictate what people can do with their bodies. Yeah. The same people that are anti-maskers are the people that are against abortion. Yeah. And. Which I, we can talk about that if you want to. I don't care. I mean. Yeah. Everybody has their own personal views Mm -hmm. and everybody has their own reasons. But the thing is, though, is you can't say that, okay, well, they can't tell you what to do when you want to tell everybody else what to do. Yeah, I just That's feel like, what it I just feel like it's a conversation that, like, way too many men have, and they don't know what goes into it, so they should... If anybody, it should... Like, when it comes down to rules and stuff with abortion, a man shouldn't be allowed in that room. It should just be women, I in, mean, my, in my opinion. I think the thing that's hardest for me is there is a young very young like not even teen girl that was raped forced to have the baby 
and now has to have contact with that rapist because he has visitation rights. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, you're telling me that's just? She has to take that child to the jail to see him. That, to me, is taking it too far. Yeah, for real. You know, that's my opinion, though. And opinions aren't fact. Do I think that that is wrong beyond belief? Yes. You know? But, again, when it's something that's an opinion, I don't think it should be dictated. You shouldn't be able to dictate your opinion onto me. It's like I shouldn't be able to dictate mine onto you. Mm -hmm. You know, people are saying they want this and they want that because they want it their way. Yeah. Where do I come in for it? Like, the thing about society and... It's just weird growing up because, like, the world that I was prepared for, like, the world that I, I, I was told was the case, that, you know, I came from, like I said, a conservative Baptist family, and they told me that, you know, that, you know, people have their rights, you know, people feel safe, you know, mm-hmm. we, fixed, we fixed all of our problems of the past because, um, you know, a lot of my family we have confederate background and stuff like that yeah and when people ask me my opinion on it i'm just like for one i wasn't there i'm not going to judge people from the past like i judge people today Mm -hmm. because they didn't have the things that i have today three i think it was stupid looking back see yeah i'm from texas yeah Everywhere in Texas, they fly, they fly the Confederate flag. Because, Which is fucking stupid, because you want to know why? It's not the right fucking flag. Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah. The, Texas was part of the Confederacy. If you've ever been to Six Flags, guess where that came from? Six Flags over Texas. That was yeah. the first one. That's where the name came from. Six Flags have flown over Texas. They fly all six flags. Even the Mexican flag. Mm-hmm. They, it's when it was its own country, they fly all six. So it has a different meaning to me, but I understand why it offends people, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, it's part of my history, it's part of you know, if you're if you live in Texas, if you were raised in Texas, it is like born into you to be Texas proud. It's just a fact, get over it, yeah. Um, That's kind of like how it was bred into me, but, you know, the great thing about me is, like, I grew up around a lot of different views from my own. Yeah. And so, like, you either had to learn to argue your own life, or you had to learn to listen sometimes and take in other people's views. And I think that's, like, where I I really come in. Like, I'm good at talking to people, but I'm also just as good as listening and not saying anything. Yeah. But, um... The thing that See, really... I look at it as it's a piece of history and you don't want to forget your history. Yeah. Um, and it's Not di- at all. Yeah, and that's different from like people, me. People like, and I understand that the statutes didn't come after the Civil War. They came actually when um, desegregation was trying, to, ha- was trying mm-hmm. to happen and people were trying to be pro-segregation and stuff like that. And that's where all these statutes and stuff came from. But, like, like I explained it... Uh, because, like, a lot of people take offense when I say that we shouldn't get rid of them. It's just like, no, you shouldn't get rid of them. It's you our should, history. Yeah, you should feel bad about it. But I don't know. Like, people waving, a, people waving like, a Confederate flag to That's me, douchey. That's, to me, it's just the same as if you were to wave an ISIS or a or Nazi flag to me. It is literally yeah. a flag of treason it's, to, to the country 
that it was in. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's a difference between not forgetting your past and embellishing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't forget our past. We shouldn't forget, um, you know, the things that happen. Own your shit. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it. Like, have I had a lot of crappy stuff happen to me? Yeah. Own it. Own it for what it is. Make it yours. Yeah. You know, I grew up people calling me a beaner, you know, and that's that's a put down. You know, I own it. I own it. Am I one? Yes. Yeah. You know, because I own it, you can't hurt me with it anymore. You know, own own your shit. When you know, look at the Jews. They um they have the the pink triangle. Most people don't know the the gay pride pink triangle. That was the symbol for gays in World War Two. If you were in a concentration camp, they had a pink triangle that you had to put on your. I didn't. I didn't know that. They, that's where that came from. Them. They took something negative. And they owned it. And now, and they made it one of theirs. You know, they're like, you know what? You want to label it with that? That's fine. We're going to make it a positive. Kind of like how, um, you know, Ice Cube and his group, they took the N-word and made it into a positive. Yeah. Like before them, you know, and, and, and that wasn't a thing. It's And everything like and that. And they made it, they own it within their own culture. Yeah. You know, like, I mean... If you were to call me a beaner, is that going to offend me? Yeah, because you don't have the right, yeah. you know? I actually have a fellow instance like this. Like, yeah. Um, I, like, my family is from Louisiana. Like, we've talked about this a little yeah. bit. A common slur that people use in Louisiana for other Louisianans, you know where I'm going yeah, with this, right? Yeah, I do. Is, I do. It's coonass. Like, that's, that's what we call each other. And, um... One of my managers at a job that I won't say where, but he was also from Louisiana and found out that I was from Louisiana. And so he came up to me one day and he was just like, um, and like, like me, you couldn't hear it. Like you can't, he couldn't hear the Creole, you couldn't hear the Southern and everything like that. Like he had no accent just like me. So he came up and was just like, uh, you know, like this is the first instance. Second instance is the one I almost got fired in, but we'll get right there. But um, so he comes up to me and he's just like, "Yeah, so you're from Louisiana, right?" And I'm like, um, "Not technically, but that's where my family is. I spent a lot of time there. Been gator hunting a couple times. Been crawfishing a couple yeah. times. And it's just like been mudding a couple times. You know, it's just you can take the boy out of the south, but you can't take the south out of the boy. Yeah, one of those things. And um." He was like, cool, and stuff like that. He's like, so you're a coonass, right? And everybody looked up at him, and like I, like, I got offended just because, you know, like, it was weird. Like, it's, it's the first time that's ever happened to me. And I looked at him, I was just like, dude, you shouldn't say that. And, like, he was like, oh, dude, I'm from Louisiana, too. It was just like that. And that made it okay. That made it okay. And yeah. so, like, that's how we introduced each other. You know, like, we walk up, like, what up, coonass? Stuff yeah. like that. And, um... One day, like, I walk in, and the manager is talking to the district manager, and I don't see him. I don't see the district manager, because the way he is, like, he's standing here, and, like, he's inside, like, a little room, and the district manager's standing on oh, there. Oh, I see it already. And so, like, I literally, and dude told, I'm going to tell it from dude's perspective, too, because, like, me and him laughed about this for months. Other district manager, I have to 
put this in, but he was um, African American descent. So you okay, know, he was black. So you know, and like we've been doing this for months. It was cool because I I I had never said that to anyone just because you know it's so close to another slur. Right. So. But me and him just have that repertoire about us. He did it first, me and him, and that was just like our little joke, you know? So I'm walking by and I see him, and just like out of context, I'm putting my backpack in my locker and stuff, and I'm like, what up, coon ass? And like, I'm putting all my stuff to, uh, to like go to oh, my yeah. meat department. And you know, that's even better. I'm going, I'm putting my stuff on because I work in the meat department, and my district manager just hears me what he thinks is a racial slur toward his, his like African American descent. Mm-hmm. My manager said that he, he, like he went from smiling to just, and was like, you could see in his eyes that he was about to fire me on the fucking oh, spot. Oh, I bet. And like, manager grabbed, he's like, no, 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 no. Let me explain. And he was just like, dude, he just called, he just called you the, the c word, you know, not the woman c word, but yeah. the black c word. And he was like, no, he didn't. And he was just like, dude, I heard him. And he was like, he called you, and he said he called you. He didn't put the ass at the end. Right. You know? And so, he was just like, yeah, he called me a coon- No, he called me a coon ass because he is also a coon ass. Right. And it was just like, then it went from to just pure confusion. Right. And then yeah. you gotta explain it for like 15 minutes. Yeah. See, being from Houston, Louisiana's right there. Yeah, That's where for we real. go for long weekends. You know, uh-huh. New Orleans is just, it's like people going to Atlanta here, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, so no, I I grew up hearing that. Yeah, that's 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 great. I only said it like to 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 certain individuals. Very rarely you'll hear me and Dustin call each other that. But like yeah, me and this dude just have like a repertoire. And that's like I actually he have heard it. Yeah, but I didn't think anything about it because yeah. you know. But you need to slow down. <laughs> I'm not feeling not feeling that much. Oh, there. Stand up, you'll feel it. <laughs> Sit back down real quick. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, it, I got a coke there. in here somewhere. It's there. Caffeine. It's there. So it also isn't helping that it's like sweating out and just causing the effects to have more. See, I wouldn't be hot, but I'm drinking the tequila yeah. with the heat. Yeah. Today we're doing the uh, podcast in a sauna for everybody that's know. <laughs> but you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Technical difficulties are fine. You just work through them. So yeah. So. Back to con shit. Back to con shit. Sorry, <laughs> we've gotten a bunch of, but that's what this podcast is really yeah. about. And I, we don't get a lot of opportunity to just sit and talk. Yeah. And you're one of the few people that, like, I can say whatever I think, and you don't get offended. And I can hear everything you have to say, and we can even disagree, and yeah. we're cool with that. But we could come out as friends. Oh, yeah. Like, we understand that we're not going to agree 100% of the time. If you do ever run away from that person. Yeah. Like, they're faking it. They're yeah. They're faking it hardcore. Yeah. But, so. uh, but anyway. But, yeah, like, um, like we talked about, like, you met me pretty much, I think it was either day, was it day? Day of. Day, day of. It was, of it was day one. Yeah. That, that stuff happened and everything like that. And it was weird for me because, like, this last year has kind of, like, helped me deal with a lot of stuff that I've been going through personally with, like, my mental illness and, like, self-worth and stuff like that. Like, when I came, you remember, I didn't talk to anybody. Mm-mm, you I was, didn't. I was very quiet. I was very shy. I was and... so happy when you got on the show. <laughs> so happy. 
Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've watched you come out of your shell. I've watched you really, really like kind of blossom. Like you're not afraid to speak your mind. And like, I'm glad that you like said that. Cause it's like one of the things that like, I really respect about you and that I've always respected about oh, you. No. Even when something that you said, like, you know, it doesn't offend me, but it kind of like, you know, kind of like, it doesn't hurt. I don't know what the good word is when you call me out on something. Mm-hmm. When you call me out, like you know, you've done that at meetings and stuff like that. You call people out on their bullshit. You called me out on my bullshit and stuff like that. You're one hundred percent sincere and you're one hundred percent honest. Like if I come up to you and I'm like, "What's your opinion on this situation?" You're going to give me to me one hundred percent, whether or it, whether or not it hurts my feelings or not. Yeah, and don't ask me if you don't want to know the truth. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that about you. Well, good because yeah. a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, but that's, that's the thing. It's like, I'm going to, like I said before, I'll give you my opinion. If you ask me, that's fine. You don't have to take it. Yeah. You know, I'll give you advice. If you ask me for it all day long, that doesn't mean you have to take it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get offended if you don't take it. There's yeah. many times where like, I've told Mark, you know, I'm like, you don't need to do this or this is a bad idea. But the con is still Mark's ultimately. Yeah. And I'm going to support the decision he makes whether I like it or not, you know, it's your life. You have to make those decisions. I'm going to be there for you, whatever your decision is. If somebody is giving you advice, you don't take it and then they get offended. That's on them. Now there will be times where I'm like, okay, I've told you how I feel. I told you how I see this going. Yeah. If you don't want to listen and it falls apart, then you will have to pick up those pieces. But I tell you that up front. Yeah. For real. And yeah. that's why I, I always, like, and uh, you might not know this, but, like, I actually, like, as, as fun as it was, I had a very weird birthday this year. Like, yeah. a lot of mixed emotions. I know. And, and I everything. felt so bad about it. Yeah. But, um, no, but you, you and, like, other people in the con, like, that's where, like, this family shit came apart. Because, like, you know, with other cons, I don't think people would have taken the time out to make sure I was okay. You made sure I was okay. I mean, Dustin and Brian are going to make sure that I'm yeah. okay either wise. Emmy made sure I was okay. Everybody that I'm really close and associated with, like, we're always, like, looking out for each other's emotions yeah. and stuff, emotionally and stuff like that. I mean, like, I know something happens. You guys have my back, and I yeah. have yours, too. You know? Yeah. You guys mean a lot to me, and that's rare. Yeah. You know? Because everybody knows. Everybody knows. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Yeah. For, you know, for real. I really don't. I don't care who likes me and who doesn't like me. There comes a point where you don't have to like me, but you have to respect me for what I do. Yeah. But I don't care. You know, it's like we joke about it, but I volunteer to be the bitch for Matrotham. Yeah. When it comes to calling people out, most of you guys are too nice. And you don't say, hey, you're not pulling your weight. Or, hey, you're being really offensive right now. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. So... You know, there and there's been times when people have come to me and being like, well, so-and-so did this and it really bothers me. I will go talk to you about it because I expect to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, if we're having a meeting and, and we're talking about where we all are on doing things for the con, my job is to make sure you guys are doing your job so that Mark doesn't have to. Yeah. I'm going to call you out on it because publicly, if you're telling me you're doing your job, publicly, I'm going to tell you when you're... Well, feeding me a line of bullshit. Yeah. Because, you know, 
if you want to make it public, I will too. If you want to make it private, I don't mind doing that. There's been many a times I've sat several of our people down and been like, hey, if you need help, you need to come tell me. Yeah. You know, if you if you're not comfortable with the job that we gave you, you need to tell me. That's how we work as a team. That's what this is about. You know, we don't want anybody getting burned out or getting over their head. Trust me, I've done it. I've done cons for over 30 yeah, you years. you told me stuff. It's just like, dude, how did you do all that? You know, it's and it's just, I had support, but it also, like, it took me a long time to go back and go, yeah, when that happened, I was burned out and didn't realize it. Yeah. That's why I see it in people, you know? Like, we have a couple of our people that I'm real careful because I'm afraid they're getting burned out. You know, for a while, we had people that the same people did everything for us. And I was like, "Mm -mm, I'm going to call it the whole group. You know, you need to step up. If you want to be part of this, step up. Do do what you need to do. Yeah, because, like, again, I came first year. Yeah. Afterwards, after that, I tried to, like, everything that I was called to do, to do. And I I told you, I was like, you need to step back. You're doing too much. Yeah. You know, um... I constantly trying to take things from Mark because Mark is always doing too much. Let's yeah. just face it. Yeah, is. Mark is Mark is a workhorse, but even even workhorse needs like a day. Exactly. Like it's animal farm. Sometimes. Yeah. So you yeah. know, but you know, so it's like, and I don't. I guess the way I look at it is, I don't mind if I offend people because if I offend you, why? Why yeah. did it offend you? If you've done something wrong, admit it. Own your shit. Yeah. You know, I mean. And I, I am I perfect by no means. I expect people to call me out on my shit too, and they have, and I appreciate it. It's like one of the big reasons why I kind of don't just come in and take over things and like be like, "Well, I'll just do it." Is because I've been told it seems like you're stepping on people's toes. Yeah. Well, I'm really not trying to. I'm just not a procrastinator. Yeah, for sure. So I want to go in and get it done and have it over with, and I'd rather you know have two weeks to relax than to get it all together. You're a procrastinator. Oh, for sure. You know? No defense whatsoever. So it would be really easy for me to, you know, come in there and be like, well, you know, you haven't done this, so I'll just go ahead and do all this for you. Yeah. But I'm not doing that. Yeah. I have to step away. And it's like I told all of you, especially like Dustin and Brian, because, you know, at first they didn't like me. Yeah. You know? We're great now, but at first they were like, I don't know who the hell she is, she needs to go the hell away. I think I helped a little bit with that. You did. I yeah. really think you did. But they I, also got to know me. They were like, yeah. okay, well, she knows what the fuck she's I remember, talking about. I remember, like, one time, it was just, like, like we were talking about it, and, like, you, your name got brought up because like, it was, like, after a name. I won't say what was said because, you know. Oh, I don't care. Talking. They probably already told me. <laughs> but uh, they were, like, this and that and this and that. I'm like, yeah, dude, but you can't deny the fact that she doesn't know know her shit when she says this stuff it's not coming out of her ass like she means everything she says and she knows what she's talking oh yeah one of them and i sat down and he was like oh i straight up was like she's a fucking bitch (laughs) i know exactly what it was (laughs) i was like and that's okay i was like but i hope you realize you know i wasn't trying to be a bitch but you know you weren't wanting to hear me because you didn't know me. And he was like, well, actually, everything you said then was right on. Yeah. And you're right. I didn't know what I was talking about. And I was talking out my ass. Yeah. You know, it's like, but I'm not offended. I mean, that's I mean, your opinion. Yeah. You know, it is it is what it is. It's like, you know, one of my friends made a joke years ago, and I've, I've loved it. Um, 
somebody called me a bitch. And he was like, no, 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 you don't understand. She takes bitch to a whole new level. She is the bitch goddess. And as far as vampires go, like, you're, like, the, the main the main bitch, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, and my hardest thing is that I don't procrastinate. Yeah. Because if you get all your shit done early, then you get to relax. And if something goes wrong, you can take care of it. That's one, like, because, like, especially, like, people that I respect, I try to emulate things for them. And that's, like, one of the things, well, one of the things I've tried to emulate from you. Well, thank is, you. like, your non-procrastination. Because, like, I know that... I'm fucking infuriating sometimes when it comes to my procrastination. You are not the worst. One. You really aren't. You really are not the worst one. And and but I I I've seen you get better at that over the past year. Um and I think the show helped you a lot. Um because you had to be ready for that and you didn't like being unprepared for it. You know, you wanted to get here a little bit early, made sure everything was set up. You wanted to make sure y'all had gone over notes and, and that was good. Yeah. There's a, there was, you know, there's flying by the seat of your pants, which works for some people. It stresses me out. I don't want to stress. And that was like the really cool thing with like Emmy, like, especially like when we would cover talk, I'm really like, especially like with her, like I'm really good at just flying and just like, you know, making jokes, just doing this. But you also know that she's done the preparing. Yeah. And I don't think you realize you actually were doing a lot of the preparing before Emmy. You started that because you would, I, I remember one time I was actually really impressed because you were like, Hey, I texted you my list. Have you looked at it yet? And it was like a Sunday at one of our meetings and you were like, yeah, I texted you on Thursday. And I was like, yay, <laughs> my, my baby's it's growing. Not, it's not always like that. Right. Yeah. But, but and we all have our moments. Yeah. Especially like, um, the thing that was like really, really cool about becoming friends with Emmy and everything was, uh, you know. The first time me and her pretty much had a conversation, like had a one-on-one conversation, was five minutes before the, before our first episode started filming. Like that was the first time me and her had ever discussed anything, talked about anything. We had like messaged each other about our list, and you can tell from like the first episode we did with each other. Yeah, and like you know, like Brian. Sometimes Brian after the show, Brian, Dustin, and Mark would like be on me. He's like, you know, you guys need to have more chemistry. I'm like, it doesn't. It doesn't happen immediately. Dude. Yeah, it's like, well, it takes time. And then Dustin and Brian had the audacity to be like, "Well, me and we you know we did." I was like, "You guys have been friends for years." Yeah, it's like I don't know this person yet. I was like, I can't. It I even like, took time with you and them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that makes sense. And but yeah. we saw you guys grow together. You know, we saw the inside jokes, even though we didn't know what they were. Yeah, and that was great. We saw that relationship develop. You know, it's funny because when I met Emmy, uh, she had actually emailed me about being part of the con because she wanted to bring Idolfest. Mm-hmm. And I was all for it. And I was like, let's get you on the show. Let's get you on the live feed. You guys come do your thing. It'll be great. And I was like, and as soon as she gets there, they're going to steal her from me. Because my, as soon as I talked to her, it's like, I want her as my second. I want her as my second for programming. And I was like, they're going to steal her. Yeah. And they did. So, you know, but I was glad because it's a good fit for her. Uh, I still got her as my second, though. Um, yeah, so, I yeah. Tra- heard the story of me trying to do that for, like, when I actually become. Because there's talks of, like, me heading 
and stuff like that. Who do you think kind of helps push that through? Yeah, right? Yeah. I just, like, it's just, it's like, I don't like sounding like I'm bragging about myself, but I've literally, like, been here for a year, and I feel like I've pretty much, like, found my place, pretty much. You put the work in, and that's what's important. And anything you do, if you commit to something, just follow through with it, you know? Um, I, I give, like you said, very honest feedback and, you know, Mark and I have a lot of conversations, you know, I tell him when I start worrying about people and I'm like, we need to reach out to these people, you know, um, we need to put more responsibility on these people. We need to do this and see how they respond to it. Um, and yeah, you're, you're one of the people, I'll be honest, I would never put you in programming because you have to be OCD. Yeah. No, you're not OCD. Not at all. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm very overly organized, you know, like I have four spreadsheets with four different permanent schedules we had. Um, I have four notebooks with handwritten schedules that we had. Um, and the schedule is a a changing thing. You know, it changes on a constant basis. Mm -hmm. I don't like that, (laughs) but you know, you deal with it. Yeah, you, you gotta deal with it. Have I ever told you the only time I've ever been mad on the set? Like, ever been upset with people? Like, I think on the I set? know this story, but I'm not sure. Like, uh, I said it last week, you know. Yes. It was the first time we I met Lynette. Le- Le- yes. yeah, yeah, and you were supposed to be here and it got moved to game no. on. No, like, they didn't even tell me that we were interviewing Luke, because, like, this is, like, this is the last bit of information I got, because, yeah. you know, we're having, we're having Boruto at our convention, and, well, we were. Yeah. Are we still? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's still coming. Amanda's still coming. Yeah. Okay, she just Amanda. wasn't going to be able to come, depending on COVID. Yeah, and so, like, the last thing they told me was, like, all right, you, since, since you know more about the Naruto universe than Emmy... You need to watch Boruto and come up with a top five Boruto list. And I was like, I fucking hate Boruto. So I said, literally said this on the first one, but like literally get there, you know, did all my research for the week, came up with my thing. It was actually a list that I was like, dude, dude, I actually did a really good job on this list, you know? And so first they texted me because I came here first and I was just like, nobody's here. And they're just like, and then, like, they were like, yo, it's at the, uh... Game on. Game, it's at Game On and everything. And I'm like, well, shit. So, you know, I still think we're doing the Boruto list. We're just, like, doing an on-set location. And so I drive there. I get there, like, 10... I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I get there, like, what, 10, 15 minutes before the show's mm-hmm. about to start? And they're just like, oh, yeah, you're interviewing someone. Yeah. And I'm like... I could have slapped everybody in that room that night. I was so mad. Now, I will take some of the responsibility for that because there wasn't a streamline of communication. Yeah. So I had talked to Laris and she was going to be on the show, but I talked to Mark and I didn't think to talk to also tell Dustin and Brian and you because I'm thinking it's going to come down. And, uh, and then, um, I talked to Game On, and they were like, yeah, when do you want to do it? And, I was, and you know, it's like, you want to come this Monday? And I was like, come to Mark. And, you know, so, but we've got things better organized now. Yeah, I felt, I felt like that was, like, the only day I was, like, I was, like, really bitchy, yeah. pretty much. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could tell, because I was like, well, I've never seen a man before. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, I'm going to be quiet and stand over here in the corner. I think I still did a pretty good show. I think you did. I really think you did. It went off, and she really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and now she's one of our hosts. Yeah, and now she's on the show permanently, you yeah. know. Um, I can't wait for the... I can't, because, like, you know, we always, like, cross-do, like, guests and everything like that. And, like, she is such a... Like, she's hilarious. She's yes. so funny. She's so shy at first. Yeah. Um, but then when you get her talking, she's great. She's amazing. Like, I, like uh, the first episode they did together was her, Emmy, and... Uh, Mika. Mika. I'll get there, guys. I'm sorry. But, um... Just think of Pikachu. It's Mika, Mika. Linares, Emmy. Yes. All right, I know Emmy. Emmy's, Emmy, Emmy's up there. But, uh... Like, I was literally, like, in that chair cackling at Liaris and Mika and Emmy. Like, they they were all just being hilarious. Yeah. And I was just like, yes. I was just like, this is going to be great. They're, they're, they have really good chemistry. Yeah. Um, and they're, they don't compete for the attention. Mm-hmm. They, like, give it to each other. Yeah. And, and you, that comes across. Because, you know, I watched most episodes Every once in a while, like last episode, I actually haven't watched it yet because I was on my way home from here while it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's on my thing as soon as I have time to watch. Um, I can't remember the last subject we ever covered. Uh, uh, I don't remember. It's y'all have done. Oh, no, I do because I was making fun of you guys because, like, it's all Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, we we forgot to set it up, but the reason why we did, like, a really heavy Batman episode was because, like, so much Batman news got released that I week. I know, but y'all left out all the good stuff. Okay, so I'm a Marvel girl because, you know, I grew up with the X-Men. My brother read them, so I read them, you know, and I can rattle off some Marvel stuff about X-Men and other characters in that universe. You know, my favorite characters are weird ones it's magic and dazzler you know and i can back up the dazzler story you know um but i'm I'm simple my favorite marvel character is gambit so okay but she dated gambit huh she dated gambit yeah her and rogue fought over him yeah you know i know this um and you know but there's so much with her backstory but then the dc i love a big part of dc and there's certain ones that you know I feel like get left off like you know nobody talks about the Dark Horse comic which is DC and Dark Horse is more than Batman so you know we you know I gotta get you guys like that's where Sandman came from I thought Dark Horse was its own separate entity DC owns them okay yeah they were their own separate entity um, well I mean no they've oh, always they've it was always been DC? yeah they they wanted to I believe they've always been owned by DC but they wanted like a certain style to be that that's you know darker things not necessarily for kids like sandman sandman is not a kid's comic so i haven't read sandman yet but i've been wanting to for years i've heard nothing but great things about sandman there's another author i got to meet because of dragon con and he is amazing in and of himself um and there's a whole there's lots of stories i can tell you about neil but um you know I got in, I mean, Sandman and Death, and I mean, one of the original of the family from that, because there's, they all have a D, so there's Death, Destruction, not Destruction, Destiny, Destiny was in Superman way back in the day, 
Like one of the movies or the show? No, one of the comics. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, like one of the old ones. Um, Delirium, that whole family. Like there's all these comics about them. And there's um, a lot of like, um, DC did a lot of the things like um, some of the TV shows that became comics. That's DC. You know, uh, DC did a lot of those. Some of them are independent, but some of them are done by DC. DC has done a lot that they don't get credit for so it's like made me a little sad that all y'all talked about was batman and catwoman and like there's so many more i mean we i mean we pretty much said that we were doing like a gotham yeah but even with gotham they've expanded that universe so much yeah you know that a lot of it gets overlooked because Batman overshadows everything. I can't remember who it was, but someone wanted us to put Penguin on the list, and I was like, absolutely not. Well, you know, I mean, even look at the list. Teen Titans. Teen Titans is amazing. Yeah. You know, look at all that. They get overshadowed because of Batman. Remember. That's not based in, they're not based in Gotham, are they? No. Robin left Gotham to get out on his own and form the Teen Titans outside of Gotham. Yeah. Um, but they're still the same world. Yeah, for real. You the know? Same universe, same everything. Yeah. That was like one of, one of like the big things about me is they never like had any, they only had one crossover event and it was with uh, the Doom Patrol with Beast Boy. Yeah. Batman never showed up in Teen Titans. No. And I always wanted to see that interaction. I did between, too. Between like the Teen Titans, Dick Grayson, and Batman. No, they did, they talked a couple times about they where like, to him. yeah, where like he would go see Batman. Yeah. Would, they would talk about it, but he was never in it. Yeah. Um, and I get it. They didn't want Batman to take over that comic. Yeah. And he would have. Yeah. So I get that. Batman just has that power. Like, uh, yeah. I, I used to, I can't remember where I put all of them. I, I, my favorite thing, like, was collecting comics and stuff. Like, how I started out, like, I pretty much started collecting comics when I was, like, 22, 23. Okay. And pretty much what I would go to, uh, what I would do is I would go to McKay's and pretty much, like, other things, and I would just, like, pick out what looked cool to me and everything like that. Yeah. And so, because of that, I got a lot of, like, the early detective comics. Nice. Like, before Batman comics were Batman comics, yeah. they were detective comics. And I think they actually... Actually, at least for like a series, they went back to that name. They did. Batman. They brought it back, and then I don't think it went over well. But uh, I actually had one that they that DC tries to get rid of. It was one with uh, the Voodoo King. Okay. And uh, yeah, like the very King is an awesome character. Yeah, very very racially charged comic. Like um, at one point, he like back even like I think this comic one I want to say it came out like maybe seventy one or seventy two, maybe. Okay, that's even before me. Yeah. So, um, but, like, pretty much he was calling, like, uh, like he literally tells his son to, like, grab his medicine, and it's just a joint. And he lights it up and starts smoking it. Uh, yeah. 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 There's, I that, see that. there's that famous cover where um, it's a Batman and Green Arrow comic, and... Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. He's, like, yeah. doing... I think I think it's H. Or is I think it like, it's Aaron. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And like you know, like the cover comment is just like you know Batman pointing at him to Green Arrow, like look at it, your psychic's on the hooch or something like that. Yeah, There's... it's just like some of the some of the terms we used to use for things. Oh yeah, that, like you know, like back in like the 40s or 50s, if you like, pretty much the equal equal quality of calling someone a son of a bitch was just like saying Jimmy Cricket to them. 
I've heard weird ones, but I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. So that that's actually funny. Jiminy Cricket used to be just like a complete a complete slur. So that brings a whole new perspective to Pinocchio. Yeah, like um, if you look at it, Jiminy Cricket, it's like just supposed to be kind of like this. Like if you if you look at him objectively, like especially for the time it came out, he's supposed to just like represent like a homeless drunk dude, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, Especially you go back and watch it as an adult, which I'm a huge Disney person. Me too. I don't know if we've ever talked about Disney. We barely have touched on it, and we were both like, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and classic Disney. I grew is, up on it. Yeah, it's, 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 classic Disney is good. Do I think they've become an evil empire? Yeah, sure. But anything that gets half that. Half and half. Yeah. Anything yeah. that gets that big is gonna, you know, get corruption. And like, um. Like, me and Emmy even had a conversation on the show one time, and he goes, like, you know, Disney has stolen, like, a lot of properties. What do you think about that? And I'm like, look, here, here, here's my thing with Disney. Disney makes really good entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm in Disney for. That's why I'm into them. I don't care. Like, the reason why they were able to buy out Fox, the reason why they were able to buy out Marvel, the reason why they were able to buy out all these other companies is because they're successful. Right. And you can't blame them for that, for being successful. Right. But you also, they do have shady things they do. Absolutely. Book of Life. That's all I'm going to say. Book of Life. That in and of itself shows you how dirty they are. Yeah, Book of Life, that was... It is not a Disney show. It is taking um, a Mexican heritage about the Day of the Dead, and it's about, like, Mexican lore and things, and it was done by Hispanics, it was done by Latinos, um, and they put it out, and it's a high-quality movie, and then Disney basically couldn't buy it from them, because they are like, no, we want to keep it, we want to own it, it's ours, our blood, sweat, and tears, and so Disney made... Um, can't even remember the name of it now. Coco? Yes. Which is they took the basic plot they took the basic plot and twisted it so it wasn't directly copying them. But they didn't even have plans of making this movie until Book of Life came out. Oh dude, Coco was like Go back and watch Book of Life. I'm telling you now it will blow it out of the water. I've never seen I've never even heard of Book of Life. My gosh. Yes, you have to watch this. And I I like a lot of the independent cartoons um, like one of the best experiences of my life was I got to meet one of the Hanna Barbera voice actors when really? I was in high school. Yeah, he did five Smurfs, including Papa Smurf and Baby Smurf. But what he was famous for is he was a thespian. Thespian. Shakespeare actor. Okay. He owned the um, Shakespeare Theater in Virginia. And I got to go there for a summer and and be part of that and learn acting there for a summer while I was in in school. He was amazing. Um, I met him right after he had brain surgery and he had and I was talking to him and I was like, well, because he had performed some things for us. I was like, I was a little disappointed because you didn't do the shrew. And that's my favorite Shakespeare piece. Um, and so he just started popping off lines and we did lines there backstage with nobody around. And then he's like, well, you know what I do like to pay the bills. I'm a Hannah, I work for Hannah Barbera and he's like in so many of their cartoons. 
And uh, and he was like, but I can't believe you knew all those lines from the shrew. And he invited me to come. You normally have to audition. And I got to go. I was by no means even close to being middle grade talent there. But it was an amazing experience. And he was so amazing. But that's where, that was my first voice actor that got me into the voices I'm hearing on TV. You know, I met Papa Smurf, you know? That's awesome. And that's, but that's where that started for me. Yeah, and I hate to bring it back to this, but, like, yeah, like, even as, like, even a fan of the Harvey stuff and everything like that, the, Han- the Hanna-Barbera and cartoons and everything like that, like, that's just, again, like, all the characters that were introduced in Scoob for me were just, like, a smack in the face. And and I get Why that. Why does Blue Beagle have to come out to All I Do Is Win? Wait, think of it this way. When a pup named Scooby-Doo came out, yeah. it was a slap in my face. Yeah. But like we talked about, I had to go back and think of it. But they're trying to get, you know, what would have been your generation into Scooby-Doo. That's what it was for. It was designed to be for the younger kids. That's what Scoob is for. It's designed so that younger kids can be introduced to it and be there for them. It's for their generation, not ours. Yeah. Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go! Slap in the face. But it I was have... initially, but for what Teen Titans Go! is... Oh, don't even go there. It was it's okay. campy. It was ridiculous. The original Teen Titans was original... serious and beautifully drawn. Beautifully drawn, beautifully drawn, story drawn. Yeah, but, serious no. cartoon, you know? But, you know, Teen Titans Go! wasn't that. It was a sitcom, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. They made it for a younger generation. Yeah. The same thing with Scoob. You gotta remember, they're not wanting you to watch it. Yeah, but my only argument is no one will, like, no one 20 years from now will love Scoob like I still love A Pub Named Scooby-Doo or Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Maybe. Yeah. You gotta remember because it's their introduction. Yeah. Just like A Pub Named Scooby-Doo. wasn't my introduction. I know it wasn't, but it was (laughs) for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and they love it. They go back and look at it and like, oh my god, it's so bad. My original, my original exposure was the original '60s cartoon. Because somebody did something right, <laughs> but you know, it's you know, I go back and look at things, and you gotta remember, I was around when the original Care Bears came out, when the original My Little Ponies came out, Strawberry Shortcake, Rainbow Bright. That's all '80s stuff. Yeah, that's when I was my and growing then my generation, years. like, and then then you had the '90s stuff, and that's when I was raising my child. You know, and and I I felt like the intelligence level downgraded in in a lot of it, but that was my opinion, and I had to learn. Current stuff isn't made for me. Mm-hmm. It's not for the love of what I had. It's to get new people into it, and the kids into it. Like yeah, and also it just made me really really sad with how bad I thought it was. Is it bad? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so bad. There is a tender joke. There's a, yeah. There's okay. A tender. What about when he's, when Dick Dastardly is saying his name? Right. It's just like, my name is Dick, Dick, da, 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 Dick. And it's just like, all right, you had, you had to get that joke in there. I see that. And why the fuck was Simon Cowell in that goddamn movie? Dude, if I had, if I wasn't reviewing the movie for the show 
as soon as Simon Cowell showed his face on the click. TV, click. But yeah. there again, it's not made for us. The kids love him. Kids love him. Because, what does he have anymore? Well, he owns all those shows. And he still does, like, America. Is it America's Got Talent? So is he still Judge Shit? Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, those are all his. Yeah. And he does the England and the U.S. Yeah. But I'm not saying when, I'm not saying he's a bad person. Right, but when he does I like the Simon kids, Cal. he is one of the ones like he. It's like Gordon Ramsay. When Gordon Ramsay's with the kids, he's a different person. Yeah, you know, kids love him. Shocks me too, but they do. So I mean, you know, you got to remember, they don't. They didn't make it for you to watch. Yeah, I know. And you know, they didn't make Teen Titans Go for me to watch. You know, but also they failed in a lot of aspects because like they try to put too much money into it like with with their actors and stuff like that i'm not arguing the points but we gotta it's not for us it's not for me like i get it like there are totally movies that i loved as a child and i would and i will go back and watch them now and i'm just like i was a fucking moron as a child to enjoy this i mean you know the biggest one for me have you in recent years watched uh dwayne the rock johnson's scorpion king I hated it when it came out. I still hate it. When I was a kid, when that was that was one of me and Brian's movies, dude. Like, see, yeah, you had bad taste too. Yeah, all all children have bad taste. Although, Let them have their movie. Although I will say that it did make my day when my two younger cousins came into town and just to prove a point and to be that asshole, right. we watched Scoop and they were just like, "This movie's." And they were like me, because, you know, they're... But it wasn't made for that age group. Yeah, my uncle, my uncle who exposed me to the 60s Scooby-Doo is their dad. So they grew up with Scooby-Doo, so maybe that's not fair, but... Yeah, I mean, but it's also made for more like the six, seven-year-olds. Yeah, one of them is, uh... No, one of them is 11, never mind. Yeah, they're they're much older than what their target audience was. So, you know, you gotta remember that. You know, you got to be like, okay, this wasn't made for me. And, you know, like if they're trying to hit your age bracket in this band, like you guys talked about Twilight. Okay. Here was my issue with Twilight. Was it badly written? I thought Twilight was dog shit. Well, the writing itself was actually not bad. Here's my biggest thing for it. That is not a teen book. That is for adults. And who is it marketed to? Teenage girls. And... That was the worst thing they could have done. That was my problem with it. I mean, come on. If it was good, Fifty Shades of Grey would not come up for it. So you know about that. Yes. Yeah, it you... started out as fan fiction for Twilight. Yeah. I think Twilight, the story itself, if she, if that had been written for adults, I would have been like, all right, it's just bad romance. But they didn't write it for adults. They wrote it for teenage girls, and that was BS. Yeah, I remember, like, because... Uh... Full disclosure, I completely... I, I read Twilight... To, to pick ha- up a girl. To have a shot with a girl, pretty much. Yeah. I read it because my son's friends were reading it. And anything they were into, I wanted to understand it. Yeah. So I read all the books because they were so into it. And then I got them to talk to me about it. Yeah, I know. I'm one of those yeah. annoying parents. But I was just like, why do you like it? Yeah. You know? What's so great about it? You know? It was a very bad, toxic love triangle. Yeah, for sure. Like, very toxic. And they were promoting this to teenage girls. What the fuck? Yeah, I loved, uh, I especially loved Robert Pat, 
Robert Pattinson, and every time he was interviewed on it, he's pretty much, I'm just doing this for a check. I think Edward will go down in history as my worst character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. And it's just like, I feel like this dude's a 125-year-old fucking creep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, a full adult hitting on this high school girl. Yeah. And, yeah. But let's not even go there, because... It's not an it's not a teen book, and that's yeah. what they put it out for. For sure, and like there are a couple other books that like especially like people were into, and like I would like read a couple chapters, but I learned my mistake from Twilight. The meanest I have ever been to a woman in a movie theater because, like I said, I read Twilight, so I read all the books in a week. But, okay. Um, my mom would walk into the living room. Noticed me reading reading the book and like she always she she too was just like just like you know what are you reading because you know like um i read actually because of her like um i read some of stephen king's like early like um his, short, uh, stories short, great. Stories, short stories short stories like mm -hmm. i got some a hold of some of the short stories like i can't remember which one but it's the one with stand by me in it okay yeah, uh, there's a couple of ones that it appears in because I had that one and it also had thinner in it. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, yeah, love is short stories, hate is novels. I I'm the opposite. I love his novels, and uh, he's one of my as an adult, he's one of my fa one of my favorite novelists. Here's my yeah. issue with it: I get very bored. He'll spend a whole chapter talking about this tree. Okay, I've got this whole chapter. This tree has to be important, and it's all this. And then it never comes up again in the series. And there yeah. was no fucking point to it. Yeah. Why did you make me spend a, a Oh, that's cocaine. Chapter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That, oh, no. Give me a point. Don't yeah. just fill, don't just put a chapter in to make it longer. Give me a point. Like, I will easily say that It is, um, like, you know, Stephen King's It. Yeah. It's so Never it's so it. it's so hard to talk about that book and for, for people to keep up with you about it. I you know. I read the end, um, and I read a little bit in the middle, um, but I got very bored. I've never been able to finish Tommy Tommyknockers. Really, I've never gotten past chapter. I've three. never I've never read Tommyknockers. So oh my god, I haven't that's gotten one of past. My mom, that's one of my mom's <sighs> least favorite books by him. You know, but yeah. his short stories are amazing. He's very concise. Mm -hmm. He's very careful with his words. And his books are even <sighs> getting better because, like, you know, he's not drugged out anymore and stuff like that. Well, see, here's my thing. I feel like he's, they used to be like, okay, for every 500 pages, you get paid this much. So he would just jam pack words in to get 3,000 pages to get a bigger paycheck when the story was 1,000 words long. Yeah. Give me that 1,000 words. But um, the main reason, like, I like it is, I like, the book is better than any adaptation that's ever been made about it. Darker, too. Way darker. The last Trial of True chapter, Jesus fucking Christ. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're talking about, you're talking about descriptive where things don't need to be oh, descriptive? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, I literally thought the fucking SWAT team was going to bust into my shit while I was reading that chapter. Like, it was That's making awesome, me though. nervous to read that chapter. But, um, what was I going to say? The thing that I really hate about the movies, like, I can concur and say that the new movies are good movies. They completely fucked my gut. They fucked Mike's character up so bad. And I don't know enough to know that. So, like, um, 
First of all, Mike's parents didn't die. Mark, uh... Okay. But that was a big thing in the book. book. No. No, Mark. No, uh, the black one. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I got characters confused. Yeah, you're good. But, you know, his parents were alive, and, like, there was, like, a whole thing that, you know... Because, like, another thing is they didn't make Henry Bowers' character make sense because they just had him be, like, this, like, evil fucking kid. You know, his dad yeah. was a law-abiding police officer citizen in the movie, but in the book, he was, like, a drug user, an abusive father... Yeah, he didn't even have enough time to mo mostly feed his kid. Like Henry had to go to the neighbors and stuff, usually for like a warm meal and stuff. So Stephen King has like a really like, especially for some characters, because like you hate them, but you feel really sympathetic toward them and everything. So you don't realize it's their fault. And like Mike is the one because of his dad and everything like that. Mike in the book is like the one. It's I would almost say that Mike's the main character in the book. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would almost say. And, um, because, like, his dad talks about the other times where, like, you know, strange things happen, like, you know, the boiler mm -hmm. exploding that killed, like, over 200 children. They found, yeah. like, heads and trees and stuff like that. I read that part, believe it or not. That was one of the ones I opened up to. And, read and you that. know, like, how in the movie they said, like, um, his parents died in that fire? That fire's alluded to, but they, but his dad is actually the one that like caused a hole where like a lot of people would come out, and okay. his dad like saw it Pennywise like as a bird, barely because it was a bunch of clansmen that did it. Okay, Cause, you know, because that's another big thing. Like, uh, pretty much, I'm pretty sure it's been a while since I've, since I've read it, but I'm pretty sure like when they're adults in the book, it's the fifties. And when they're kids, like, it's the 30s. Something like that. I don't yeah. remember the timeline, but yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. um, so, like, you know, like, it goes, like, really into, like, the racial and everything like that. And what, and what a lot of people got mad about in the movies, which I actually understood it. Like, every, everybody that says Pennywise is homophobic is so full of shit to me that it's painful. The little bit I read, I didn't pick that up, so I didn't understand all that. Well, like... They change it in the movie because, you know, Bill Squidgar's character, you know, uh, um, Trashmouth Tom, Tom, I don't like know. That. but his character, they made him, like, closetly gay. Right. Like, he's in the closet of the movie. I didn't have a problem with that because it, it's never really, that character's sexuality is never really alluded to. Yeah, so, does it matter? It doesn't matter to me one fucking bit. But, um, you know, like... That's something else we need to talk about. Yeah, I don't give a shit what you're attracted to, but, um... Um... But pretty much, like, you know, he came down and was like, I know your secret, your dirty little secret. It was, like, teasing yeah. his character as an adult for being gay. And he was just like, yeah. And he also killed those gay people. He also killed that gay dude in the beginning. And I'm like, first off... The dude in the beginning, he didn't kill him. The townspeople killed him. Like, he was okay. already dead. Like, he already had too much damage. It goes into detail in the book. Gotcha. And then, uh, you know, he tears his heart out through yeah. his chest. Which does kill him. But it was just like, for Pennywise to come back into, like, for it to come back into our realm in the book and everything like that, I think 
something of violence has to happen. Violence and hatred has to bring Pennywise into our world. Okay. And Pennywise feeds off fear. Yeah, I that so, much I knew. So like the thing is, like when he goes down to, you know, Bill Squisgar's character and is teasing him for being gay, Pennywise doesn't give a shit that he's gay. Right. He gives a shit that he's gay. He's closet. He's afraid of being outed. Right. And Pennywise is playing that fear because he literally feeds And that fear. makes more sense because yeah. yeah, yeah. So Also he ate he ate two fucking kids in that movie, okay? <sighs> I'm I'm sorry to yeah. be that guy, but you know, and also like even if he was homophobic, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Isn't that a characteristic you want a bad guy to have? Yeah, I mean, the bad guy's the bad guy. Yeah. It's like you know everybody's talking about like um, you know like okay Matt Mercer, back to him. He plays the bad guy. Your DM is the bad guy. You know he's a great bad guy. Somebody was making the the joke the other day about you know 2020 was you know two critical roles, and I'm like. Yeah, the DM rolled him. Yeah. That's why it sucks. The DM rolled him. The bad guys got the critical hits, you know? But because you said, you know, you don't give two sheds about who's gay or whatever, that made me think back to our con. Because we are so diverse inside of our con. Mm -hmm. We have everybody, you know, and we welcome everybody. And nobody gives two shits. We have gay people. We have trans people. We have all colors, we have all religions, we have every walk of life, and nobody gives a shit. I'm just again, I'm anti shitty people. I'm yeah. completely racist against shitty people. Yeah. And yeah. you know, Mark Olson says, Why does it matter? For us, it doesn't. Yeah. But the world, the world we live in does. Yeah. You know? And that sucks. But I love the fact that we're that diverse and we have each other's back. Because even if we don't agree with each other, we still have each other's backs. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I, there have been plenty of times where, like, me me and Brian disagree more than we agree. I don't, I don't know if you noticed about us. Yeah, Brian disagrees with a lot of people, and then he comes around, and he's like, we're good now, right? Yeah. But we're good, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're, we're good. good. Don't don't worry. I promise, we're everyone, good. Everyone gets your macho man mentality, all right? Uh, yeah, out. not... You know, it's like, I love Dustin and Brian, but they crack me up because... You know, me and Brian have been friends for, like, I know over 20 years. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew you guys had been friends forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then Dustin Brian, came in later. Brian uh, moved to Nashville about, I might be overshooting this, but it, at this point it might have been like five or six years ago. Okay. And he moved there with a friend that he met when he lived in Columbus, like right after we graduated high school. And Dustin was living there too. And that's okay. how Brian and Dustin met. Three years later, like, I'm kind of, like, going through, like, a bad spell with everything that's going, that was going on around me at the time. And Brian was just like, dude, you just... Because I, I had never left. Like I, like, I moved out of my parents' house when I, was, when I was 20. Right. But I had never left my hometown. I always moved here to here to here. And I never really had a change of scenery or anything like that. And so he was just like, dude... I can imagine. Moved to Nashville. He was like, move, he was like, you need it. You need, that's the reason why you're depressed all the time. It's because you're so bored yeah, about the. Sorry, I had to say it. We're it getting is, better. It is getting better. Yes. Uh, one of my best friends moved away because he had really bad depression. As soon as he moved away, it was pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's getting better. I've seen it grow. I've seen it change. 
and it was hard for me because I, I came from Houston and there's so much culture and so much diversity and so much to do. And then I came here and one, everything cost an arm and a leg, yeah. you know, like you didn't, pay, you didn't have to pay to go to the zoo. The Houston Zoo is massive. You know? Yeah, I remember I was got made fun of like by my ex because uh, you know I went to Chicago to spend before the Corona and everything. That's why she was my ex. But um, she was in Japan. She came back. She came down for like two or three weeks, and we spent it in Chicago. Right. And we went to the zoo one day, and we're like, we're literally getting to the counter of the zoo, and I walk up to what I think is like the ticket place, right? And I'm like pulling out my wallet, and my and like she's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Cause I was just like. I had to pay for my ticket, and she was like, "Yeah, the zoo's free. Is the zoo not free where you're from?" But we don't have the money to support it like they yeah. do in the big cities. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And I get it. I mean, when I moved here, the pollution was atrocious. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was the thinking was completely backwards. Um, you know, just so much about it, and they improved a lot. Um. And they're getting more open-minded and they're getting, they're understanding that everything doesn't fit in this box, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's, it's better. I mean, I moved here in high school. I literally think our, like, um, I literally think that people like in our politics, especially like in the last year, year and a half, like have responded as best as they can in the situations that they have been dealt with. Yes, I the agree. The whole way that our police chief responded against police brutality and even made the Chattanooga law. That if you want, that if you're an officer and you watch an officer kill someone because they're being yeah, they're not following the guidelines. You are just as responsible as that. He's officer, not playing the good old boy. Yeah, which is what they do here. Yeah, you know, and he's not, and I appreciate that. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's it's, but it's also the city's starting to work together. It's not so much of it's this group and this group and this group. They're they're realizing we're Chattanooga. We have to work together. We have to pull together. And that's wonderful. And it's being reflected in a lot of things that happen, like Metropicon. We are a melting pot, like we should be. Yeah. You know? And it's bringing people together at every walk of life. You know, we're not going, like, I've you never... go to Chattacon, you go because it's literary. Yeah. You know, if you go to DragonCon, it's because it's got so much. Now it's too big. You know, we have everything, you know, we touch on everything. And, and I think like me and Mark were talking, talking about it, like last week, we, we want to be all inclusive. Yeah. We want there to be something for everybody to do. It doesn't matter what your nerdum really is. Exactly. You know? Because like my nerdums are so varied because, you know, like, I mean, obviously I'm from Texas, so a lot of sports and I was very athletic and what things like that. So, I'm not following football like most Texans, but if you make me come down to it, I used to be real big into Chicago Bears. Okay. Then they got a little bit too big for the britches. They got a little big head, you know. Um, I love the Green Bay Packers, not because they're a great team, which they're not a bad team, but the how the team itself works. Because... The city owns them. The people that live there own them. And they interact with their fans. And they make it a family. 
So that's why I'm a fan of them. Yeah. Who do I normally cheer for? Dallas. I mean, I'm from Houston. You know? I grew up as a I grew up as a Dallas fan. And uh, the rest of my family, Texans. Yeah. But you gotta understand, we sold the Oilers to Tennessee. They went to the Super Bowl as the Tennessee Oilers, and I was so pissed. Yeah, the first year they were still the Oilers. They didn't change their name to the Titans until the second year. Like, wow, it's kind of like how uh, it's kind of like how uh, you know the Jazz started off in New Orleans because it was New Orleans, but then they moved to Utah. Now they're still the Utah Jazz. And makes no I'm sense. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Utah. Yeah. You're so well known for your jazz music. Tell yeah. me more, you sons of bitches. But so I mean, meanwhile, te- meanwhile, New Orleans, the fucking Pelicans. Yeah, te- the Texans are a good team. Yeah. But see, I like soccer and I like hockey. And I don't follow teams. I follow players. Um, I stopped watching. After I had a tragedy happen a while back and I stopped watching a lot of it. So I'm just now getting back into it. Some of my players are gone. I'm a little sad about it. Um, but I have to say, though, like our Chattanooga team for um, soccer, let me tell you, we have an amazing team. They made, um, Ash, I wish you were right here to answer it, but they actually won, like, a national thing, but, but I don't think it was national, I think it was, like, global, like, and I can't even remember exactly what it is now, um, but yeah, it, you know, we, we have a good, good team here, um, we have, you know, we have some good things that people don't support, um, but yeah, soccer and hockey are my sports, they're, love them they're they're my you know they're my go-to things because i'm on their violence yeah for real <laughs> you know my uh my favorite things to watch nowadays are um i i really like to watch basketball um basketball's fun pretty much a roommate that i had that i've been friends with since high school who i don't know if you've met him but he's actually been here for some of the live show he's uh alec I met him once. Yes. Yeah. He is, uh, me and him have been friends for a long time, and he's actually pretty much the guy who taught me about basketball. Like, taught me the ins and outs, taught me, like, the old players. He could talk to you, like, five hours about basketball. Like, he's just a basketball nerd, and I, I love him for it, because he, he gave me my love of basketball back. But, so, um, another weird thing I like, roller derby. I've actually watched that before, and I found it really... It's its like hockey to me. I don't know what the fuck is going yes! on, but I love it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know several of the local girls and the Knoxville girls, and they're awesome. They are amazing ladies. And, yes, any of you could kick my ass, and I know that. So, I will not make you I actually mad. went on a date with a roller derby girl once. <sighs> they're great. Didn't know until on the <laughs> day. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Pretty much like yeah, I used to work at Dunkin' Donuts, and every time like this um, older than me female would come in, I was like maybe twenty one, twenty two. This chick was like my age now, and like every time she'd come in, I'd hit it up, like you know, I'd hit on her, you know, make her smile. Usually that's what I'm trying to do anyway. I'm just trying to make people fucking laugh. And uh, one day, like you know, I'm doing the same thing to her. And my manager comes over to the line, and it's just like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you ask for that girl's number. Because, you know, I was very shy and stuff back then. And I was just like, wow, I'm a Dunkin' Donuts worker. I'm a Dunkin' Donuts employee. 20 bucks off the cuff is a lot of money for me right now. Yeah. So uh, I was just like, 
And I was way more shy and everything. Even, like, before, like, all this, like, everything. Like, I, I was at my most shy when I was, like, 22, 23. Of course. So... I was like, can I get your number pretty much? Because I was so nervous. Like, I used to stutter a lot when I when I get, especially talking to girls. So that's why my that's why I like my relation game was like really weak, like growing up, pretty much. But also, I was on a lot of medication. Yeah, completely exited my sex. I wish more guys understood. Just be yourself. Oh yeah, definitely grown into honest. Well, I can't say that because a lot of girls play games. Yeah, and I don't get that either. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, but you know, I mean, I don't know. There's cons have done totally a lot works. for me. It totally worked. We went on three dates. Yeah, nice dates. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, cons like you know, like I've seen you grow over a year. I've mm-hmm. seen you really, really blossom more than a year, actually. Um, I appreciate that. But I understand that because cons did so much for me because I was not a geek i was not a nerd i did not have any strong fandoms you know like whatever my brother was into like i knew about it and i go along with it and stuff but i went to cons and there were parties you know yay you know nobody carded you back then um you know i i mean how many people can say things like you know they got to drink with darth vader david prowse you got to drink with David Prowse? Yeah. How the fuck do I not know about this until just um, now? I don't know. Jeez. You know, um, you know, I got to meet my first crush. Um, Richard Uh-oh. Hatch was my first crush. Richard Hatch. All right. Who so was he Richard was Battlestar Galactica. He was okay. Apollo. Uh, my brother watched it. And my three-year-old self was like, well, he's too old. I can't marry him. So I'll marry him. The kid that played his son. Happened to also be a never-ending story. So, um, I met Richard Hatch when I was, like, 16. And he's, like, asking me for directions on where to find something at Dragon Con. And I'm like, I'll just take you. You know, so we're in the elevator. It's me, him, and his agent. And I was like, you were my first crush. And so I tell him the story. And he was like, well, how old are you now? I'm like, 16. He's like, you can still marry him, you know, and, but it was really cool. You know, I got to sit and talk with him and have real conversations and, and, you know, it wasn't an abnormal thing to meet all these famous people. So like when he passed away, it was really hurtful, you know, like I really felt like I missed a piece of, you know, something, but you know, there's so many opportunities and it helps people in so many ways because you find a family, you Mm -hmm. know, like, there's two people from Dragon way back in the day that I lost touch with because it got so big. But, like, I still remember them. We call this one guy Puppy because of a specific shirt he was wearing when he, um, when we met him. And it was, I don't even remember exactly, but it was something about, like, you know, it had something to do with Satan and puppies. I don't know. It was, but it was really funny. So we called him Puppy. And, I mean, to this day, I miss him. You know, we had another, we had so many Williams and Bills that we call this one guy, Billy the Kid. You know, that was his name. If you didn't say Billy the Kid, he didn't answer you. I miss him. You know, we hung out for years. Um, And there's so much that cons can give you. Work them or don't work them, you know, but there's just, 
so much that you don't get to experience that you would never know of. I've gotten to meet all my favorite artists. Um, I got to hang out with game designers. You know, I mean, I have Steve Jackson's phone number in my phone right now, which Steve Jackson is the game designer for Steve Jackson games. You know, um, you know, I've gotten to meet like um, when White Wolf before Wizards bought them, you know, I got to hang out with them and do all this kind of stuff with them. I was named Changeling Girl for the longest, you know, the designer. That's what they called me was Changeling Girl. Um, because that was the one I was most into. You know, there's just so much that it can bring to you and help you with. It helps you find your people. Mm -hmm. You know, you asked me earlier, what's my fandom? I mean, like, it depends. Like, it kind of depends on my mood. Like, horror, 80s, all the way. I saw it on theater, you know? Yeah. I got to see Lost Boys when it premiered in sneak preview before it released. That is one, like, I, I would drive almost halfway across the country just to, just for the chance to see Lost Boy on a big screen. Oh, it was amazing. I, yeah. I got to go that's, to two premieres. That's my premieres. favorite vampire movie. Yeah, I got to yeah. go to two premieres before it ever opened. You know, one of my best friends won tickets and we went again. Oh my god. You know, I, I mean uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The Correct Jason... me if I'm wrong because it's been a while since I've seen um, Lost Boys but uh, that's that's what that was one of... Um, Rob Lowe's. Wasn't no. that Rob Lowe? No. No. Was Rob Lowe in a vampire movie or am I making He did, um, he's had a couple, um. Like in the early days. Yeah, he had, a, he had a movie, a horror movie, but I can't remember which one it was. Um, and for some reason, Silver Bullet, which is a werewolf movie, keeps coming to mind. And I don't even know if he was in that one. Um, but no, it was not. Keith or Sutherland. Oh, they looked, was a, in it. they looked a lot. And, well, that was the main vampire. And then the guy... The, the main protagonist is who I'm thinking of. You're about. thinking of the older brother that got turned? Yeah. Um, or half-turned? Looked... He had the haircut. He had yeah. the Rob Lowe haircut back then, but it wasn't. And it had both the Corys. and had Jamie Gertz. Um, and, which is funny, I follow her. Like, I still watch stuff she's in. Um, because I loved her in that movie, you know. Like I said, I get I get attached to people. I get attached to actresses like one of my one of my first celebrity crushes, and I can I can never remember celebrities' names. I feel so fucking awful about it all no. the time. But it's uh, it was the uh, main chick from Jurassic Park. Okay. Like yeah. Yeah yeah. Um, see also, now I've dropped her name. She was We've also been drinking though. Yeah, she was also in Blue Velvet, which is a David Lynch movie. Yeah. She was in the third season of Twin Peaks. Yeah. So, you know, but like, um, Johnny Depp, I watched him in 21 Jump Street when it was first coming on TV, you know, like we said, I remember when Fox started, there yeah. were three networks till then. Um, you know, I watched him and then when he came out Nightmare Before Elm Street or Nightmare on Elm Street, we see, I thought that was his first role. That was his first movie. Oh, okay. So we would play his okay. death scene on Rewind and just watch him over and over and over while he's laying on the bed and they get sucked in and then rewind it and he's laying on the bed and get sucked in. We watch that over and over. Um, you know, I, the the Halloweens so, and all that, I grew up with all that. I'm so glad that all that Johnny Depp stuff wound up being bullshit. I mean, see, I think they, they both did things. I think yeah. they're both at fault. But... I think his daughter would have outed him a long time ago if it was as bad 
Yeah. You know? Um, do I think he's completely innocent? No. No. No one's completely innocent. There's no such thing as complete innocence. You know, but, you know, you got to look at what are they doing? Yeah. He does so much for kids in the hospital. He donates a lot to charities. He, I mean, you know, does it change my opinion? I mean, he's not, he's a human. Yeah. You know, and that's something I learned from cons too. I got to meet all these famous people. They're human. They're a lot of people. people, like, not like necessarily in the con scene, but like a lot of people, like on the left side, they, they get mad at me because, like, I, I'm a huge stand up comedian guy. Right. I'm also, like, a huge 70s, 80s, like, music person. I, I love music from, that, music from those eras. So I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Okay. And people will give me shit because I listen to Michael Jackson. And I still listen to, like, Louis C.K.'s old stand up bits and stuff like that. And it's, it's just like, yeah, I was just like, they're terrible people for what they did, in some sense. If, well, Louis... I mean, okay. I wasn't surprised about Louis, is what I'll say. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. Yeah. You know, my go-to thing, if I'm depressed, I watch one scene out of Popeye. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about this, because I totally read your comment when I was talking about it. Like... I love Robin Williams' stand-up, too. But Robin Williams came from a time, like, you know, a lot of people accuse him of joke-stealing. And it's just like, that's, that's just how the comedy scene was That's back how then. it was back then. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he also, like, a lot of people don't talk about the fact that he paid for a lot of that. Yeah, he paid you know? for a lot of that. Not only that, but he wrote material for other people. Yeah, and then he would use it himself. Because that's what comedians did back then. Right. And, you know, but nobody else does what he did. Nobody else has in his contract that you have to hire homeless people in your area and feed them, pay have them. Have you ever seen The Fisher King? Yes. It's my favorite Robin Williams movie. That movie is so fucking great. So, you know, you know he's the reason I'm an Alan Tudyk fan. Really? Yes. Okay. Because I watched um, Patch Adams with Alan Tudyk because of Robin Williams, and I've gotten to meet Alan, you know? fell out of his chair because I asked him how does Hitler say hello that's his line in the movie you know but I mean you gotta remember like people were going off about um the one Christmas song um um baby it's cold outside yeah look at when it was written look at what it meant then uh -huh. you know what it meant then is totally different than what it means today yeah you can't judge things that way you can't judge things from the past by, by today's you can't use yeah. the glasses from today to look at something from then mm -hmm. you know you have to look at it from then robin was a genius i don't care fight me on it you get you get a robin williams once a lifetime yeah like you know and the fact that he was a good person along with well, i mean I grew up with like because Robin Williams was with a bunch of kids movies and stuff when I was growing up. So that's that that was my first exposure to Robin Williams was his acting, like you know, Flopper, yeah. uh Mrs. Doubtfire, Mine was his stand up, uh, Aladdin, um, which you know that put Aladdin put a sour taste in Robin Williams' mouth. Yeah, of what Disney did to him because Disney because Robin Robin Williams Williams literally thought that the movie looked so good on its own without the fact that they right. had Robin Williams in it that you know he's like I want this movie to survive on its own because I think it can I don't really want to be put in like the trailers or anything like that and then like you know first trailer came out big words Robin Williams right yeah and that's why he pulled out 
But then, because it did stand on its own, he came back for the third. Mm-hmm. You know, they delayed it for a year so that he could revoice the genie. Really? Because it was done. It was done and going out. And he was like, I'll do the genie if you want. And so it got delayed for a year so he could do it for the third one. I actually have the Diamond Edition of um, Aladdin because it comes with like almost two hours of extra Robin Williams commentary sometimes. We should watch it sometime. Yeah. You would get a really, get a really big kick out of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's but stuff the first like time, that. The first time I watched one of his stand-ups, I was just like, dude, this dude's on another. And he, and for everyone listening out there, he didn't steal jokes like Carlos Mencia stole jokes. Right. Carlos Mencia, like all he did was steal jokes. He, yeah. He never compensated people Mm-mm. for what they did. He would go record it and then memorize it and give it as his own. Yeah. And then deny that somebody else did it first. Yeah, that's one of the big reasons why I love Joe Rogan so much. is because he called him out on that bullshit and called him out hard. Yeah. You know Carlos Mencio isn't even Mexican? You know that? Mm-hmm. Like, he faked it for his stage performance. Mm-hmm. Because I, he was tan. Yeah, which I found fucked up beyond belief when I found that out. And yeah, Joe Rogan literally called him out on stage at an open mic. In front of that, he oh yeah, say, he said, said his like real white boy name and everything. It was, it was, I was dying. Yeah, I, I saw that. It was great. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's but there's people that they don't get their credit together. I mean, did did Robin have the same jokes as other people? Yeah, yeah. But he either paid for them or he wrote them. Yeah, and that's just how it was. And you didn't credit each other back then. Yeah, you know, stand up comedy back then wasn't it isn't what it is today Mm-mm. by any means. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, but, you know, he's probably the one famous person I never got to meet that I love. Yeah, the one, like, stand- I, I didn't want to bring him up on the show because, like, I knew that so many people in Matrotham would come at me for it. But one of my favorite, like, he is the reason why I think so much of the way that I think, and that's Bill Maher. Okay, yeah. yeah. Especially, like, I think he, I think he is getting, like, a little, like, like, um... George Carlin did in his later years. He's becoming kind of a little much about some of the things. But Religious was one it was and still is one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah, I think he's just he's fed up and he's over it and he's like, you know what? I'm not even going to stay argue with you anymore. This is how it is. You're an idiot. Yeah, and I get that. He's tired of it. Yeah, because he's been doing this show for yeah, and I also mean, and like people like want me to hold him to hold him to standards and stuff what he said it's just like you're literally asking me to hold a comedian to higher standards than my president and i'm not willing to do that right yeah. and he also he's like i'm not gonna fight my point go back and watch it i already have he's yeah. like i'm not repeating myself and i get that yeah he's blue in the face go back and watch his old stuff mm-hmm. you know um and, and i mean like i love i mean i grew up with Eddie Murphy would never have been hired by Disney. Yeah. You know? Look at him now. He's a big Disney icon. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, I mean, just, like, look at all the things that have changed. Like, especially, like, clean comedy. The best person for clean comedy ever. Bill Cosby. Which. I know. Which I want to say something. I never liked Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, as like, like my par- parents, like, used to, not my parents, but Yes, my parents, my grandparents used to think it was hilarious because whenever they put, like, you know, uh, the Cosby show on and Bill Cosby would come on, it would literally scare the shit out of me. Well, the funny thing is, is did you ever read his 
or read his books that have, do his live acts or see one of his live acts. He wasn't clean comedy. He was a, he cussed and everything else. You know, he talked about how uh, his dad fucking beat their asses. Yeah. You know, he wasn't clean comedy like everybody thought he was. Yeah. Go to one of his stand up. I guarantee you go pull up an old stand up and he's cussing all through it. Yeah. That's the only clean comedy act there was was Sinbad. Yeah. And that's what he was known for. And yeah, Bill Cosby was like, I'll support you. I'll bring you up because you're doing clean comedy. That's not how Bill Cosby got his start. Yeah. Not at all. And uh, I loved uh, Dave Chappelle's mm, yeah. on it. It's just like, uh, he goes like, people ask me how I feel about Bill Cosby. He's like, I'm fucked up about Bill Cosby and stuff like that. You know, he goes like, I love Bill Cosby. He's one of the main reasons why I started doing what I do. He's like, all right, all right, all right. just think of it this way. Think about you really like chocolate ice cream. Like you love chocolate ice cream. And you wake up one day to realize that chocolate ice cream has raped 54 people. Yeah. You know, it's... I understand, like, because, like, even though I wasn't a fan of them, like, like I understand why people are, like, sad about it and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, because it, it ruined an icon for them. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, though, is, like, with with all that, I, and I, I say this a lot, too, when you let, people are two-year-olds. Yeah. So when you don't correct a behavior, they will continue to do it and escalate it. So when he got told, oh, it's okay, because he's not the one that covered it up. Other people covered it up. Right. And everybody that told him it was okay, the people that did not put a stop to it right then and there, they are as much at fault. You know, when, when, you know, you have anybody, if you have a two-year-old, if there's not a consequence for an action, they are going to repeat it. Yeah, for sure. And that's what adults do too, you know, that's, that's just, it's got, it's human nature. Yeah. You know, you have to think of people like that. And if you don't give them a consequence and you don't give them, you know, that's how bad friendships happen. When you let them get by with it for so long, they're going to keep doing that and get worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. It's the that two-year-old mentality that we never lose. You know, we all do it, but some of us do it to a bigger yeah, extreme. If you can get away with something, you're, yeah. nine times out of ten, you're going to do that thing. Right. Yeah. And if you didn't get in trouble for it, you're going to do it again. Especially if you got caught and didn't get in trouble. You're going to do it again because it's okay. Yeah. You know? Um, so how do you, like, feel about, like, modern day, like, cancel culture and stuff like that? It has its good and its bad. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, I think, is kind of stupid. But at the same token, it's holding things like corporations accountable. Yeah. Which needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like, with the whole Karen thing. Now, if you like, I want to talk to your manager, oh, you're a Karen. Yeah. That's not it, you know? They're, customer service is customer service. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are customers always right? No. But are you always right? No. no. You know? And in some cases, you know, you need to complain to a manager. Well, now you're shamed for it. Yeah. You know? Now, if you make a mistake, you're shamed for it and you're put out of business. In some cases... Yeah, it needed to happen. 
The lady in Central Park? Absolutely. Absolutely 150%. Why? Because she took a, because he was black, even though he's highly esteemed in his field, very well educated, she said, he's black, so I'm going to lie. I'm going to lie, and I'm going to get him arrested. That's fucked up. Yeah, for real. You know, but, you know, some of the stuff, like, I personally do not spend my money at Hobby Lobby or Chick-fil-A because they support certain things I don't. My money is not going to support that. Well, Chick-fil-A, like, stopped. With the they have not stuff. stopped. They are still donating money. Still donating money. I back someone told me that they had changed their ways. They have not. I stopped eating them for years. Not that I actually, it's... You know, I uh, even had a friend that worked at Hobby Lobby, and she needed birth control for a medical reason. Yeah, because birth control is not just, just for, for birth control. Pregnancy. She needed it for I a had, medical reason, and they told her if they even found out she was taking it, she would be fired. Like, literally, I dated a girl for, like, 11 months, and we never had sex. Like, she wanted to wait until marriage, and that was cool with me, and I enjoyed her time. Yeah. But she was on birth control. There are so help. many reasons. So many reasons yeah. that it, it's not. I, I I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. So it's, yeah, I mean it. It can ass. regulate yeah. hormones. It can help she, with like severe. She said it helped with the cramps. Right, yeah. and there's like I had a best friend growing up. She would literally be bed bound for three days because mm-hmm. she would hurt so bad. Birth control made it so she could get up and move. Yeah. If you have endometriosis, if, I mean, there's. Just tons and tons of things. It doesn't mean you're having sex. Yeah. And this girl, I was her pharmacy tech as well. She generally needed it for a medical reason. And they said, if we even find out you're taking it, you're fired. How is that okay? Yeah, I remember one time, like, me and her, like, even went, like, went to the, her pharmacy. And, like, she was just like, oh, I'm out of birth control. We didn't think anything of it because, you know, like, I, I knew it was for a medical reason for her. Yeah. Like, I wasn't just like, oh, birth control, you know? But, like, we, dude, like, when we came in, as soon as we said birth control, like, we get, like, every, yeah. everybody was just, like, looking at us. Yeah. They were just like, oh, we know what you guys are about to do. It's just like, yeah, we're about to go watch Harry Potter. And yeah. Cuddle. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, like, the cancel, like I said, it's got its good and it's bad. Yeah. I think a lot of people abuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, it can do so much good. You know, it holds corporations accountable. Holds people accountable, too. Yes, people, mm-hmm. but mostly the corporations. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're a racist, I have the right to know that because I have the right to know if I want to support you or not. Yeah. It's just like there was a big thing about um, Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. He publicly made a statement years ago that he thought it was great that his clothing was so popular with the black culture and they were supporting the KKK by buying his stuff. Yet, even though that came out publicly, they were still buying it. I never... Oh, yeah. They still, Big into the KKK. Do they still do shit like that? He is still... Yeah. I mean... Have you ever read about the Coors family? About the like family yeah. that owns, owns Coors Light? I don't know if I've told you about this podcast, but I listened to a podcast. Like I started listening to it around like eight months ago, and it's called The Dollop. 
and it's done between two comedians and it's an American mm-hmm. history podcast and they just take up take, take like really fucked up things from our history and just like tell a story about it pretty much like a historical story about yeah. it yeah and one of them tells a story and one of them reacts to it and that's pretty much how it's done okay I think you would love it yeah. I'm, I'll have to actually get into it because I've just really started doing podcasts mm-hmm. I fought it for so long I didn't want to do podcasts. I was the same way, like, three years ago. I was just like, and, a podcast, that sounds fucking stupid. That sounds like a waste of my time. I would, I would just listen to an audiobook. And then, like, I got into Joe Rogan. I got into What the Fuck with Mark Maron. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, so I'm I'm slowly getting into the, the podcast. Um, do you know who Mark Maron is? Yes. Yeah. Because I have a 20-something-year-old son. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you would also, like, not all this stuff, but I think you would like What the Fuck, too. Okay. It's called WTF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw one of those. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's just, it's abused. I, the cancel culture thing is abused. That's yeah. That's probably my biggest take on it. It can do so much good and people abuse it. Just like everything else in America. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, pretty much like with the cancel culture and everything, especially in the dating scene, it's gotten to like... Where, like, and I think we should be. I think men should be, like, more, more nervous and stuff about what they do and everything oh, like that. I would be scared to death if I was a guy wanting to date somebody. Because the girls nowadays want to call you out on everything that you do in a negative way. You know, there are some people that are flirty, but they don't mean anything by it. There's people that are touchy-feely. They don't mean anything by it. You know, like, I kept reaching over to you. That, if you were a guy, if you had done that to me, and I, I mean, I wouldn't. But, right. you know, you a know girl would have like, been like, <laughs> you're yeah. harassing me. Yeah. I would be terrified to date a girl in today's age. But there again, you have other things like guys that think it's their right. But that's something girls have always dealt with, you know, like the the Harvard student. We won't yeah. even really get into that. Oh, fuck but, that, dude. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. at what happened to him. He didn't even serve his six months. Because it sh- that 20 minutes shouldn't, or 10 minutes or whatever, shouldn't ruin his life. What about her? That dude should get just popped in the ma- mouth every day for oh, the rest of his life. No, I have other things I think he should be done, but we won't go into that because it's that rich very, brick. very violent. Fuck that rich brick. But yeah. anyway. So yeah, but I mean, you know. I'll even say it. Fuck you, Evan Brock. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I think he should have a ten minute every week. I think it should ruin his life like he ruined hers. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely served jail time, prison time even, but he won't. And that's a, that's like the weird thing about me is just like I came up from very from a from a very poverty underpoverished family. Like they were used to like low poverty they came from like the lowest poverty parts of america kilburn louisiana and eudora arkansas oh yeah yeah Yeah. so um like i grew up around that so and i and i saw down there like because like you know it's not talked about in mainstream media but there's still segregation oh yeah there's still uh, there's still towns you know where like if you're white you don't want to be in that town at night if you're if you're black and you're in the white part of town, you don't want to be yeah. in that part of town at night. There's a, a phrase for it, and one of my friends recently asked on Facebook, do you know what, and I can't remember the term, 
but it's basically like a dark city or something like sundown, that. A, sundown. A sundown town. Sundown town. Yeah, that's it. They were like, really big, like back in the forties and fifties, and it was actually law that if you were in a sundown town or yeah. sundown county, and if you were black, you, you would be hanged. Yeah, and yeah. but they're still around. I yeah. had never heard of that, so I moved to Chattanooga. Uh-huh. And and the funny thing is, is like when I first moved here, um, on my mom's side, I have some cousins that live on um, Sand Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone to see them, and they were like, we have to leave right now. You have to be off the mountain before sundown. Yeah. Because you're not white. You have to be off the mountain. That was in the 90s, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? There was a, do you, there was a famous uh, black political leader that got assassinated in the town that I was born in. Uh, Green, Greenwood, Mississippi, and the Ooh. assassination, the dude who did it, he moved from Greenwood, Mississippi to Chattanooga on, on top of one of the mountains to escape um, prosecution. Yeah. But he actually did get persecuted like uh, five years ago. Good. I'm pretty sure he's in prison and he deserves to be there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't understand I don't why understand, it makes a difference. I don't understand how a certain group of people can do something and they get like life in prison and someone can do the something same. Something so much worse. Or, or even the same exact thing, get a slap on the wrist. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. part of that. I don't like the word privilege, but that's what the term is, you yeah. know. But you know, it's it's funny when you go other places in the world, they don't ask you what's your race. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a friend that he moved here and he's from like Haiti. In America, in America, that's like that's like all that like the media and stuff wants you yeah. to identify yourself. Your by. race, but he's from Haiti. Yeah. And they were like, well, are you white? Are you black? Are you, you know, what are you? And he was so confused because nowhere else in the world do people ask that. They'll ask you, what country are you from? Mm-hmm. Only Americans care about what race you are, mm-hmm. you know? And then the second thing is, what religion are you? Why does it matter? Are you a good person? That's what the question should be. Yeah. Do you do community service? You know, ask the questions that matter. Yeah. What do you do to contribute to society? Those things matter. And it hurts me, like hurts me, that that's not what matters in America. You know, I do a lot for charities. I work with special need kids. You know, up until this COVID thing, I never had a free night. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I do as much as I can to give back. That's how I was raised. That has nothing to do with religion or anything else, but my culture is you give to your community. And yes, it is a Latino culture, but that there's a lot of that in, in Texas, you know, you give to your community. That's why the zoo didn't charge, you know, those that could afford made sure that it was available. Yeah. That's like one thing I really, cause I, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. I wasn't a part of a military family, but my parents just, they refused for me to grow up, grow up in an area that they grew up in. So they constantly worked, they constantly moved up to try to make a better life than what they were used to. And they did. Like, uh, being raised in Chattanooga, being under, like, all the other minds, being exposed to all the way that people think, definitely made me who I am and it would, I, I wouldn't be who I am if my parents hadn't made that sacrifice yeah but you know 
they don't think like I do and it drives them crazy. And I don't think like them and it drives them crazy. Right. But um, now like I'll, I, there will always be because like, you know, I go down there every once in a while to like visit family and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, kind of visit my roots and stuff like that. And it's always so weird because like, I'm literally like around people who I share blood with and I'm just like, I have never felt like more out of place than I do now. And I mean, like, I'm kind of the black sheep of my family because I've always spoke. Like, I had one uncle that I was literally told, do not open your mouth in front of him. Yeah. Like, just do not speak in front of him. Um, and that was the rule growing up because I don't censor what I didn't used to censor what came out of my mouth. And I get that. Um, and I never meant it in a disrespectful way. My grandparents never said anything about it, you know, but no matter how out there any of us get, my family is still there. Like they never made me feel weird or unwelcome. And like, I kind of grew up the opposite way. Like I knew my grandparents came from nothing. Like I said, American dream came from nothing. Came over here with a second grade education. I'm second generation American. And their rule, my grandmother's rule was, this is your family and you love them no matter what. Mm -hmm. And my junior high growing up, before I moved up here, across the street was nothing but mansions. So I had a lot of friends with a lot of money, but we also had friends that didn't have money and we never made it matter. Like if we all wanted to go to Astroworld for the weekend, our parents took turns buying all of our tickets. You know, my dad often would go pick up 10 tickets, you know, and we paid for our friends that couldn't afford their tickets. It didn't matter, you know. Our parents would pick us up from Astroworld, take us to get food. And I'm not talking about like fast food. Like we hit like steak and ale and red lobster and stuff like that. And then they would drop us back off at the park. And they had no problems, including everybody in that if they were my friend they were loved like my grandmother said you know if one of us the grandchildren wanted to bring somebody home to my grandparents our parents weren't allowed to tell us no and our uncles and aunts had to open you know open arms mm -hmm. you accept them because they were important enough that they wanted to bring them here yeah like um my grandparents were a lot like that too but as soon as, like, uh, my grandparents died. And it's not, like, to me, like, my family, the people in my family that I don't like, you know I don't like you. I've made it, I've made it painfully obvious, especially to some of the people, I won't name them, but, like, I had a cousin who tried to support the whole Shelbyville shit when they were, like, protesting with Nazi flags and stuff like that with tiki torches. And... Like he, like I stood up against him, and he called me a disgrace toward the and, family name, yeah. and I was just like, he said that, that I would be an embarrassment to my grandfather, and I was like, first of all, if I ever see you again, it's going down. Yeah, I'm gonna beat your ass in front of your kids, mm -hmm. and I'm going to enjoy it. I was like, just know that. And two, I love that. We're dead. You're dead to me. Yeah. I was like, I don't want it. I was like, your dad's still cool. Your brother's still cool. You're dead to me. See, like, I have one yeah. cousin that we fought all the time growing mm -hmm. up. But to this day, if someone else were to do something, I would have her back. 
-hmm. You know, my favorite cousin, the one I'm closest with, she voted for Trump. She's Mexican and she voted for Trump. But that's that's her choice. And we've talked about it. And I'm like, you know, I've told her these are the things I had to experience because of that, you know. And and she's like, it's not like that here. I'm like, yeah, but it is in other places because of it, you know. And even her dad was like, I need to disown you, jokingly. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we don't have to prove, but we still have to support. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like that's what I do with you guys. I don't have to prove because I'm not gonna approve of some things. Yeah. But we gotta support each other. Yeah, and, and we I need love, to do it as a community. Yeah, and I love like Matrotham because like. And like I said, it's not I can't I can't have conversations with people in my family. It's not a lot, but there there are people that I can literally talk to. And yes, they came up from a different situation than me, but we can still have a conversation and still love each other. Right. And um, but like that was like the one thing with Matrotham, where I was just finally like I, because especially like around family and around like my closer friends that I've kind of let go of in the past year and stuff like that. But um, like I was always trying to be something that people wanted me to be. You wanted to be approved of. Yeah. And then like the Trotham showed me that to do that, I just need to be myself. Right. Pretty much. And that's what my grandparents taught me. My grandparents yeah. taught me that it didn't matter what they were going to love me anyways. Mm-hmm. And I took that to heart. And when I take a lesson to heart, I'm all in. So, you know, like when I say I care about you guys, I mean I care about you guys. You are my family now. And I do love you guys and you guys matter to me. And I want to share the little things with you guys as well because it's an unconditional love and an unconditional support. You don't have to agree to things, you know? Yeah, you don't have to. Like, that's the thing. You don't have to agree with with someone all the time to love that person, right? To care for that person, and I think a lot of people, like especially they people in relationships, yeah. it's, it's, even if you're in a relationship, my favorite thing about the relationship that I just got out of is me and her knew each other for almost five and a half years. Like we started off, you know, just simple things, and we were just like, well, let's see if we're actually compatible enough to date. But the thing was, even like when we spent two weeks together, we never lost ourselves in each other. Right. She, she was her and I was me. And a lot of couples today don't do that. They do the Julia Roberts thing. Yeah. You know, what, what's your favorite eggs? Whatever his are. Yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, um, and now I've gotten to the point where like, since I've been in a relationship like that, I'm not going to settle for anything else. Yeah. yeah. Don't, why should you? Because here's the thing. You have to be able to go into your own things to enjoy each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you do everything together, you're going to get sick of each other. And then what do you have to talk about? Yeah. In 15 years, when you're still together, you don't go do your own things. What are you going to talk about? Yeah. You know? I can't tell you about my day. You were there. Like, she was completely, like, opposite of me. Like, she, we met while she was going to Vanderbilt. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she... It was never, never a discussion who who the smart was one was in the relationship. Okay, folks, but um, like that was the thing. But like, I was the funny guy in the relationship. In our relationship, I was the funny boyfriend. I was also the boyfriend that could cook. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're but, gonna have uh, to see that soon. See that soon? Yeah. My cooking skills. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Because I've heard you brought food, and I've never gotten any guys. Never. No. Uh, people seem to really like my cheesecake, and it's like four fucking ingredients. It's weird. Just can't cook with onions or turkey. Onions or turkey? No onions yeah. or turkey? No onions uh, or I don't turkey. like onions, so, yeah. And awesome. turkey is pretty rare, so. I'm allergic to onions. The oil in onions, I know it's a weird allergy. And I'm allergic to sedatives, like we talked about. Well, there's tryptophan in turkey. All right, well, yeah, I'm actually allergic to mayonnaise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm allergic to one of the preservatives, and when I ingest it, I get itchy whops all over my skin, and also it causes me to have explosive diarrhea. All right, yeah. so hives is the, the key thing there, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It really sucks, though, because I'm going to tell you, like, I can't eat things. Like, I have to be careful with, like, hot dogs. Oh, yeah, because... I have to be... Onion, yeah. Turkey and turkey onions. Is, and... Turkey and onions and everything. Try going out to eat. Yeah, I can't eat sauces. I can't eat... I 90% of sauces, I can't eat. Because of mayonnaise. Yeah. Mayonnaise-based. Yeah. So. I can eat I can eat aiolis. I can eat house-made stuff. I just can't eat. Okay, so you can yeah. do the, it's the... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just can't do something that's like sold in the store as mayonnaise because right. it's it's a preservative. Yeah, that's in mayonnaise and in other things. I also we actually because like I was never really like a condiment guy in the first place. I just did ketchup and that was like my thing. So like mm -hmm. found out that I can't do mustard recently because okay. preservative. And yeah, I think that's it. I can't do mayonnaise or mustard. Yeah. See, when you say like condiments, my head goes salsa jalapenos lime all those things those are condiments yeah. to oh me. no this, this is like the, this, the, these are the white boy condiments okay you know? okay so yeah but, um, but i mean like that's something else i miss though you know because we used to have a monthly meeting and yeah. we would all get together and, and just I, talk yeah i mean we would do our business and then we would just be that community and i miss that yeah and like Probably, like, the one time, like, I tested the waters the most is at our Christmas party. <laughs> that was great. And um, we were playing a Cards Against Humanity, and it was Robert's turn. And I remember what the card said, and I remember my answer. And I do not take it back. Just just because of the spirit of the game. We're right. playing Cards Against Humanity. Right. It's supposed to be sick and twisted. I was supposed to be as offensive as possible to Robert. That was my goal. And her, her thing, her card was... His. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Robert. We love you. You know that. I love that. you so much, Robert. Bear with me. I'm trying. Please. He's had <laughs> a lot to drink. But um, yeah, his uh, card was uh, no date, no romantic candlelit evening is uh, complete without blank, and my answer was heteronormity. <laughs> My favorite moment for when that was we were doing the Dirty Santa. And... I was number one. No, I was. Oh, wait, yeah. Because Mark said, okay, here's the rules. Whoever gets one goes last. And we counted back. Oh, no, I was last. I was last. No, no, like, I chose the last number, so right. I was first. Well, you got 12, because there were 12 of us, I believe. Right. I got one. And Dustin was over there going, oh, I hope she gets one. I hope she gets one. I was like, I do, too. You know, and I got one, and Dustin was so heartbroken that I was gonna get to be the last person to go. So we all we all knew what everyone was going for. The, the Ichigo sword. sword. So that's why I chose it the first time. I was like, okay, well, I'm not even gonna. 
And I was just like... Pretend like this isn't the one that everybody wants. I had just gotten the the costume for Zach, and that's the only piece missing. I mean, I even have both the mask, and I mean, I went all out on his costume. Let me just tell you. Do you so, like Bleach? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, Bleach was the shit, especially back in the day. Love Bleach. But yeah, so he's missing the sword, so I was like, sorry, Yoink. Like, yeah, you're not keeping this one. You didn't have it, though, because somebody had taken it from you already. I believe it was, uh, I always call him Nightwing. Yeah, Sia is the one that took it from you. No, no, Nightwing. It wasn't Chris. It wasn't Chris? No, it wasn't Chris. Sorry, Chris. I just always call you Nightwing. He's okay with it. Yeah, me. I think you're okay Christopher. with being called Nightwing. He, yeah. he actually doesn't like Chris, and that's my bad habit, and I apologize. Oh, Christopher? Yes. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Like, uh, people... Have I ever told you the story about when I tried to go by my middle name when I moved to Nashville? No. Oh, so, yeah, we did talk about that. So, you know, do you know the story of, like, I, how I have, like, and counting, like, 45 nicknames, right? I feel like... I feel I've literally like... been hanging out with, like, people for years, and, like, Brian will literally call me by one of my different nicknames, and the person who I've been hanging out with years is like, wait a minute, that's you this entire time? Like, you know, and so, like, so when I moved to, when I moved to Nashville, I didn't think it would be a big thing, so I... Wanted to get, like I just don't like the name Justin. And I feel there's, you. There's too many of them. Most of the time, Justins are assholes. So I'll tell you my name story with your dad. But, but yeah, I'm a rare exception. Yeah. So, but anyway, so when I moved there, I was just like, I'm gonna go by my middle name. My middle name is Hugh. H U G H. Right. And um, you know, I would introduce it to people myself that way and everything like that. And Brian and all my other friends thought it was like the weirdest fucking thing. And, like, they were like, dude, you can't just go by a different name. I'm like, Brian, why the fuck do you care? You haven't called me Justin in almost 10 years. You either call me by my last name or you call me by one of my 15 other nicknames. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, he was just like, dude, you can't choose your own nickname. I'm like, it's not a goddamn nickname. It's on my birth certificate. It is my name. And like, we went through this and through this and through this and through this. And I was just like, fine, fuck it. I'm Justin. I'm Justin forever. Fuck it. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. I'm See, tired with, of having this argument. With me, I have one name on my birth certificate, and then I have a different middle name on my christening. Your baptism? Yeah. That's a legal document. And that's one way that families can give you extra names. Yeah. So I technically have two middle names. So Misty is my first name. Okay. Almost no one calls me that other than family. Mm-hmm. Here is why. It fucked me up for a while on our chat. I didn't know who Misty was for a yeah. while talking. So, I was always looking for Cat. They were like, I'm like, and I'm like, that's why it says Misty Cat. And then they're like, yeah, but I'm a fucking idiot. Didn't read the middle part. <laughs> so, well, here's my thing. I'm a Southerner. Yeah. I know how to pronounce T. Yeah. My first name is not Miss D. There Miss is D. no D in my fucking name. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dude, I got I got more for you with my, this one. My my northerner friends call me Mist. Mist. Fine with that. I move here and it's even worse. Shit. There is no D. It is M I S T Y. Fucking hate that. Yeah. My so my second middle name is Cat, and that's because it was on my christening, my baptism. I nobody knows where that came from. Nobody. Okay. Um, even my parents are like, no, we didn't, but it's there. So yeah. I got to use it. 
Um, now, legally, my middle name is Gutierrez because yes. I made my my maiden name my middle name on my social security card. My mom did the same thing because she hated her middle name. Yeah, I won't even tell you what one of the middle names is. My mom's name, my mom name, my mom's name before she got married was uh, Penny Latresa Smith. See, that rolls. Yeah. Mine was so freaking weird, especially what? when you add on. I won't tell you one of them. But come on, Misty Gutierrez. Misty Gutierrez. I mean, how southern and Hispanic can you get? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I like Gutierrez. It sounds like really I love official. How you say yeah. that? Okay, so we we am I saying it weird? Yeah, you can't roll your eyes, which is okay. Yeah. We Americanized it, so yeah. Gutierrez. If you can say Terrace, you can say it. And that's the other thing. I move here, and all of a sudden, my name becomes Guterres. Guterres. Where is a D? There is no D. It's like, like I had similar <sighs> things with growing up with my last names. I'm Hodgkins. Right. Everybody calls me Hodgkins. Going to school, people would call me, call me fucking Hopkins all the time. I'm like, where is there a goddamn P in my name? Where? Right. Where? It's so Where? annoying. I'm like, you're an adult. This is a type of cancer. How can you not say this shit? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just like, you know, which, I mean, I can't really, like, when I first moved here and I was telling my friends, yeah, I'm moving to Chattanooga, people were like, I thought that was a train, not a city. And then people said, I thought it was just a song. Because they've never, you know, and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know what, like, the biggest disrespect that MCU has ever done to anybody Iron Man 3, when Iron Man goes to Chattanooga, when yes. Tony Stark goes to Chattanooga, yes. like, I was just like, I feel so disrespected right now. That was funny, I was like, though. that's not even Chattanooga. Like, I wouldn't know if it was Chattanooga. Yeah. I was like, well, you know there's a Chattanooga, Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, I almost fucked up coming back from Chicago. As, uh, <laughs> did anybody else know this in Nashville, Kansas? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, got on the Nashville, Kansas exit, was driving because uh, my ex was uh, taking a nap, and like she woke up and like she she recognized the sign. And she was like, "Where are we?" And I was like, "We're heading back to Nashville." And she was like, "Oh no!" And she was just like, "You didn't take the Nashville exit before the city, did you? Like before like the next city? I can't remember what city we were coming out." I was like, "Like yeah, but it's Nashville." And she was like, Justin, there are multiple Nashvilles throughout the country. I'm like, how have I never oh, fucking yeah. heard this? How have I never heard this? Sister cities. Yeah. Sister cities. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, oh See, I never God. had that issue. I grew up in Houston. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Houston's everywhere. It's, yeah. it's, it takes two hours to get across town. You know? I mean. Yeah, for real. But yeah, that was an embarrassing part. I think the most... It, embarrassed i've ever been on a date was when i was going to go see alan jackson live with uh, one of my exes and her family at riverbend alan jackson is where i come from oh it's country it's that's why bread and chicken that one really yeah yeah that shit okay that, that, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure didn't he do that i'm proud to be an american song mark didn't alan jackson do the i'm proud to be an american song no no all right. Well, I don't do that. I don't do it either. My ex and her family was really into it, and I was like trying to like sound like I knew what the fuck I was talking about, fresh out of high school. Yeah, fresh out of high school, shit like that. And so I get there, and they're talking to me about like you know Alan Jackson, and they're talking to me about country music, 
and I swear to Christ, the story is true. This is not me over embellishing anything. They're like, yeah, so Justin, you excited to see Alan Jackson tonight? I'm like, yeah, I'm super excited. Didn't you used to be a part of Jackson 5? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I know. Okay, so my friends took me to karaoke when I was here. Like, I was old enough to go to the bars. And By the way, Jack- Alan Jackson was not part of the Jackson 5. I learned that that night. Yeah. but Among other things. So I'm looking for a song to sing. And I'm flipping... And I don't know any of these songs because they're all country. And I'm and I, I'm like, why are there like four pages of the Judds? Who is this? Never heard of them. They explain it to me. And I keep flipping and flipping. I get to the back and I'm like, who the hell is this Wyona chick? Because there's like four pages of her. They're like, she's half of the Judds. I'm like, oh, oops. Okay. I've met country singers. I have no clue who they were. And like said stuff. I want to give a special shout out to Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood's one of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. I met her. Um, she actually was a a sort of regular at the at the grocery store I worked for in Nashville. She actually she, knew me. She took the time time to learn me by first name basis. And see, I've heard that about her, and I've heard really good things. I've also, I'm going to be honest. I figured out who Faith Hill was because she did something that impressed me. Um, she was doing a photo shoot and had on this, you know. $100,000 dress or whatever. Her kids were there. They wanted to play with her when she went on a break. And they were like, oh, no, you can't sit down. And she was like, I'll buy the dress. Sat down on the floor to play with her kids. Oh, my. That's amazing. I'm that's like, a good mom right there. Right. I'm like, yeah. okay, you got a fan now. I don't know any song you've done, but you've got a fan. You know, stuff like that. You know, it's like. like I mean, I do like country music. I just don't like stadium country. I like I old know. country music. I like Johnny Cash. I like Hank Williams Jr. Okay. Yeah. I'm from Texas. I know who Willie Nelson is. There are certain people you know of. Yeah. So they're like, you know who Johnny Cash is. I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, okay, close your eyes. And I'm, I close my eyes. Okay, now see Willie up on stage? Yeah, yeah, I can see him. See that man dressed in all black next to him? Yeah, yeah. That's Johnny Cash. That's what I, mean. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Johnny yeah. Cash is just like he's pretty much like especially if you grew up like deep south like me like before I moved to Ringgold that's pretty much like some of the first music you're exposed to well see to me Johnny's one of Willie's smoking buddies yeah because we all know Willie's a big old stoner yeah but he's so he's he's a Willie Nelson but we don't consider Willie Nelson country mm-hmm. I don't he's like a Texas just like ZZ Top yeah everybody in Texas knows ZZ Top because that's where they're from you know, there, there's just certain things. Willie's not country. There's, like, a lot of arguments to say that cash isn't country. But, um, no, to me, to me, like, he was just, like, the epitome of country music. He, he pretty much, like, him, Hank Williams Jr., and now, Charlie Daniels. I know those two. Yeah. I've listened to those two. I actually went to uh, Hank one of Hank's birthday parties one year. I got invited. What? Yeah. Did um, you get to meet him? Yeah. How was he as a person? Sweetest old man. Sweetest old man? Sweetest old man. Um, and I knew who he was. And I even told him, said, I don't like country music, but I appreciate your music. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, uh, one of my friends had an invite to his birthday party, and I was the plus one. Um, yeah. I mean, there's certain ones. Like, I've met a few country artists here and there. Um, Travis, whatever, I've met him. Um, Do you know the last song that Johnny Cash ever recorded was? No. He did a cover of uh, Nine Inch Nails' Hurt. 
Oh, I've heard that. I didn't realize it was last. And uh, he actually recorded it, and I'm pretty sure like a month and a half later passed away. Um, and they actually had it at the MTV Music Awards. Yeah. Like it, 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 it was Song of the Year, and it was between him, and I want to say it was between Justin Timberlake, like Crimea River or something like that. Yeah. And Justin Timberlake won, and when he accepted his award, he's like, this is a fucking disgrace. He was like, I shouldn't be up here accepting this award right now. Well, it's like, nice. this goes to one of the artists that inspired me. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just like, you know... um, What's his name? Garth Brooks? He doesn't listen to country music. He's a Kiss fan. Yeah. He listens not, to heavy metal. I'm not a big fan of Garth. Well, yeah. you know, I, I've met him and he's like, I sing country because that's what my voice sounds good for. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it's like, I don't know. There's, I mean, like. Music well, to me has to have a soul. Yeah. Like, yes and no, because I like a lot of EDM. I mean, even EDM can have soul. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Old school trance all the way. I love old school trance, but I like EDM because that's what I like. Is that considered EDM or no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, They kind of branched a little bit away from it, but that's what I like to dance to. You know, that's where I, my happy place is dancing to EDM. (laughs) You know, Um, I love happy hardcore. I love old school trance. I'm not big in the house. I'm not big in a drum and bass. Sorry, guys. That's just not what speaks to me. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I used to throw raves. So, you know, of course I'm into it. Um, you know, it, that's, that's part of my fandom is, is that part of music. You know, I love 80s music. I grew up with it. Some 90s is good. I mean, and I listen to current stuff too, you know, but um, my favorite music is, is, EDM and probably some of my favorite pieces are classical pieces that are done that way. A lot of people will tell you that my favorite form of music is just like uh, alternative rock, but I wouldn't really say that I have a favorite. It's just whatever like mood. I have different like moods. My my absolute music. favorites change on my mood. Yes. Yeah. Um, like if I'm if I if I'm in a really depressed mood, you're gonna listen to me listen to stuff like Mountain Goats, stuff like Cash. Just like old, soulful, teary-eyed music. I mean, that's like, I used to go to all the Warped Tours, mm-hmm. you know? I used to, um, I mean, I've been to Burning Man. I also got to see my favorite, but I do have a favorite band, and I actually have gotten to see them live, so that was great. You know, the coolest thing I ever got to do was introduce my son to his favorite band. Really? Um, Dragon Con. I'm friends with Rope from Crew Shadows. Um, and I was like, I have a favor, because I always took care of his Pixies. Um, they have fairies that come to their shows. They come from all over the world. And I always took care of them for him because he always requested for me to work his door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, I have a favor. They have one song, Happy Birthday. That's all, you know, goth and punked out and everything. And I was like, will you dedicate that to my son? It is his 16th birthday. And he was like, sure, sure, I'll do that for you. No, he gets my kid on stage. And he has the whole audience sing happy birthday. He's like, I just ruined my whole reputation for you. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. You know, um, you know, but that was my son's favorite band. He had no clue that I knew them. No, no clue. He's like, okay, so you just got coolest mom for life. You know, because I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. And, you know, I mean, 
again, a con experience that I never would have gotten to give my, my son. You know, and he kind of grew up going, but he didn't. Like, kid programming used to be my hotel room with a Sony PlayStation <laughs> and pizza. Nice. And the teenagers would hang out in there. And, and that was like back in the day that there were all you need for the fucking kids, you know? Yeah. Like, I would, like I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, my parents won't get in trouble for it anymore. But I started getting left at the house alone when I was like nine, just because I was so... That wasn't unusual in the 80s. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, 70s and 80s, you always left but the like, that, That's like unheard of now. Like, yeah. I've heard of pe- people that like won't leave their like 14 or 15 year olds at the house by themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just like. My what? parents never knew where we were. We yeah. were on our bikes oh, and parents, gone. My, my parents always knew where I was. They knew we were in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, we came home when it was dark. You know? My parents literally, like, my first cell phone I ever got was, like, one of those ones that you bought the minutes for, you know? And it was like, you only contact us. And I was just like, it was one we of those things. Yeah, I know. We didn't have beepers. We didn't yeah. have, you know. I remember the first phones in the car, and they were literally connected by a cord. That's still so crazy to me. And they were this freaking big. Yeah, they, they were a brick. They came off of, like, you could throw it at someone and kill them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm old though. We we talked about that. We already know I'm old. Yeah, I love that. Not like just like the aesthetically everything. My favorite like generation like of America is like the 40s and like aesthetically oh. wise, like the 40s and the 50s. Like that's where I you'll find my the heart. Book of the 20s, 20s and the is good 30s too. because yeah. the style they had style down. Mm-hmm. You know love that look um you know that's my grandfather fought in world war ii so mine did too i just like knew a yeah lot. i know a lot about like the, the, for some reason i know a lot about the 30s and 40s that a lot of people don't know about yeah i have weird information about that time because i have a lot of like mexican history in yeah, mind for real um you know it's like i know the story of how my family like Part of my family migrated to the Chicago area, and that was back during the Mexican-American War. You know, um, Lopez and Garcias are part of in the in the Chicago area. They're part of my family. Yeah, you know, I've never met any of them, but they're like distant relatives now. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, like history is a weird thing because especially when you hear it from somebody that was there. It brings it to life. For sure. Yeah. For real. Uh, I think, like, one of the my favorite talk show moments ever, this was, like, back when talk shows just became a thing, when TV wasn't just in black and white. It might have been a radio show, too, but they actually interviewed someone who, who was in the theater when uh, Abraham Lincoln got shot and killed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh... One thing, like, uh, my ex's family was really freaked out about, like, how into, like, the mob culture I was into. Okay. um, But, um, because I know a lot about Al Capone. Al Capone, as much of a monster as he was, he's he's a personal hero of mine. I know it's... No, no. I know it's fucked up He was a smart man, though. Yeah, he was a smart man. A lot of people don't know this, but the reason why you have expiration dates on your food is through a company that Al Capone started. That makes to sense. To launder money. 
Yeah. And the whole reason he started it was because he didn't like the idea of children getting sick off spoiled milk. Do you know the Al Capone story here in Chattanooga? What? So one of our historic buildings, the Pickle Barrel, now, it's always been a restaurant. When he was going to court for tax evasion, he went to court here in Chattanooga. What? And he went to what is now the Pickle Barrel every day for lunch and had a steak. That's fucking incredible. I never knew that. Yeah. All right. Well, Kat, I think we've been going at this for a while. We have, and our and drinks are empty. Our drinks. Cheers to you, Kat. This was Thanks fun. for being so sweet. Yes. We should do this again in the future for sure. Yeah, oh, definitely. There's so much we can do and talk about. But I do want to end on yeah, so. the family aspect that we have. Um, guys, just check us out. You know, no other con is going out of their way to make sure you have content, to make sure that we're staying engaged, you know. And giving you, back to the to community. To bring content even during lockdowns. Yeah. And quarantines. And, and, you know, we we do this because we love each other and we love you guys. I mean, we have a general love out there for everybody. And, we like, we're all inclusive because of that. So, you know, just check us out. Keep up with us. And give us feedback, you know. Tell us what you like and don't like. Because trust me, we read it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually just got into the like habit because uh, here's the thing about me: I really hate the sound of my own voice. Me too. So, oh my gosh, because I sound so much better in my head. Going going back and like watching my live videos and like listening to the podcast and stuff like that, and doing audio recordings of my stand up, I've actually started like listening to myself because people told me to, like people within the cons and friends and stuff that were listening, and I have taken feedback. God damn it, it's so fucking brutal to listen to myself. Oh, yeah, because I'm like, my voice is so annoying. Why don't you tell me to shut the fuck up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. I'm like, I yeah. sound so fucking pitchy and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. It's, but yeah, I, I asked the question the other day. I said, do you ever wonder what people sound like to themselves? I sound a lot deeper to myself. My voice is so much richer. It's not, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, I think your voice is fun. Oh no, I hate it. Yeah, in my head, it sounds. So much but I completely get you. Yeah, but yeah. you probably don't think that my voice is like that bad at no, all. No, I think you have a really rich timbre, which is nice. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I thought I said that the other day. I said, have you ever wondered what people sound like to themselves? I want to hear that at some point. Yeah, for yeah. real. Like I, 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 I imagine that I have. I wouldn't say like a Johnny Cash deep voice, but like uh, it's definitely deeper than what I hear. And I'm just like, you know what? It's no wonder that I've been set on three blind dates with dudes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And that's, that's a real, great. we'll have to talk about that next time. Yes, for sure. Yes, that's a hilarious story for me. Oh yeah, I'm sure. All right. Well, thank you for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed and we have ran out of alcohol. Oh yeah. Can't wait till next time. It was delicious though. You've been listening to Matrotham Uncensored with host Justin Hodgkins. Subscribe to our podcast and tune in weekly on Apple or Spotify. Live long and prosper.